Hi, this is Terry Farrell, and you're, we're, shit. Down on the corner. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerd Corner. The podcast is just a little airborne. It's still good. It's still good. JD, it's gone. Oh, I know. <laughs> I am, of course, JD, joined once again by Old School Nate. Howdy, howdy. And for the first time by Cameron that we play D&D with. Ahoy there. Yeah, you, oh, that's an interesting voice you've chosen to use. <laughs> Using your gay Simpsons character voice. Like, that's a good start. Well, you did it to me. <laughs> this was a poor life choice on my part. I'm just going to power forward. I've got nothing on my list, but you watched Pan, and you literally just gave us your review, but you get to give it again. What? Because we're going to get to talking about Hunger Games in a minute. It was there. It was there? It was there. You know, it wasn't a terrible movie. It just could have been, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more to at least, you know, explaining what what happens between there and there. You know, it's we all know the story of Peter Pan, and it very much wasn't it. Right, so this is, as far as I can tell, prequel setting things up. Yeah. They go on a franchise. I fucking know it. Probably. Because there's no there's no ending where he ends up on the ship or anything. No, well, there is very much a ship the whole way through, but it's all about Blackbeard and Hook is the dashing hero. Right, where's Mr. Smee? He's there. Oh, good. There is a Smee. So Liam will be happy. Yeah. My son's favourite character from Peter Pan is Mr. Smee. <laughs> I don't really know why. Mr. Smee. Because Bob Hoskins was amazing. Oh, was he what? And that's actually the Smee that he fell in love with. That's the one I fell in love with. I didn't even know there was one in the cartoons. Yeah, he actually, he came back as Mr. Smee in a miniseries they did called Neverland. Oh, Smee's, Smee's me. Yeah, Smee's me. Mr. Smee. Don't try and stop me, Smee. <laughs> try and stop me, Smee. Did you know that that was unscripted? They weren't actually meant to be that camp. And they actually requested that they got to do that. They were meant to be just captain and first mate. And then they requested to try to be like an old married couple. Right. And then it just came out really, really campy and... Um, Spielberg just went, all right, go for it. Go for your life. The two legends just do what they want to do, and it came across amazing. And it's one of the best scenes in the whole film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to play with your little soldiers in your boat? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty much all just off the cuff. It was them doing what they wanted to do in that Paul room. Hoskins and Dustin Hoffman going nuts. Yeah. Don't try and stop me, Smee. Try and stop me, Smee. Don't try and stop me, Smee. Smee, stop me. <laughs> Oh man, the hook episode when we get to that is going to be so much fun. Um, what else has been happening? How was everybody's Christmas and New Year's and whatnot? Festive. Yeah, you spent both of them here. Yeah. <laughs> Doing very little hanging out with me and the offspring. Yep, couldn't have asked for anything better. I know, right? Because yeah, we ate trifle and oh, my kids were hilarious. That trifle was amazing. It was, wasn't it? Because oh, I... we, did, we did D&D on Boxing Day. We did. And we had Nate's trifle. And I love trifle and I love this trifle a lot. Tell us your dad joke. Well, one of our friends who couldn't dry, who couldn't have it because he's on his pee plates, therefore no alcohol in his system. This trifle was very alcoholic, therefore not to be trifled with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's why we've never had Cam on the show before, and won't again. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're, you're just a little airborne. Um, I made myself feel bad. Oh, <laughs> we've been watching The Simpsons all afternoon, so we're a little... We're a little worked up, but yes, we've all gathered to watch, to watch, to talk about the biggest movie that's come out in the December season. What did everybody feel about Hunger Games 4? Well, you see, I think Larry David should have had a bigger role. Actually, you know what? I would have preferred to have seen him as the president instead of Donald Sutherland, to be honest. That could have worked, actually. I know, that's why I'm saying it. I mean, I haven't seen Hunger Games 4. Either have I, but I'm assuming. Yeah, just assuming it would have been better with um, Larry David in it. There's a reason I stopped watching after number two. I didn't even get to the second one. I watched the first one and just went, nope. Yeah, that'll do. 
All I can just see now is when he, when Lenny Kravitz is on there, it's just that gif of his penis falling out. Flop, <laughs> flop, flop. And that stunned me for the rest of the movie. Oh, um, that's... There's a character that was hideously miscast. He should have been a lot camper like your Stanley Tucci's or your, um, your Woody Harrelson's. Yeah. But this oh. is not actually about The Hunger Games. Actually, I really did like Woody Harrelson in that. He I, was good in what he ended up doing. I like him in pretty much most of the things he's been in in the past... Ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much everything he's been in. How he's good always, is Zombieland? <laughs> that is just brilliant. It was just... He sort of went into obscurity and then came back and just was amazing. Because between the people versus Larry Flint and that, there's probably not a great deal that he's actually in. There, oh, there was... Um, White men can't jump. Was that before Larry Was that before Flint? or after Larry Flint? That was before Larry Flint. Was it? Yeah. I think it was before. That was one of his first breakout ones, wasn't it? Yeah, true. Yeah, because he first, he first turned up in Cheers. Playing a character called Woody, funnily enough. And yeah, they stretched for that one. I know, right? It's like whenever you have a character, like a a sick, like a comedian who goes to a sitcom and always has their own name. (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld, I was going to get there. Will Smith, you know, Ray Romano. Yep. Well, but in the the show, he was Ray Barone, but Ray, Fran Drescher, was Fran Fine. Yep. Is it because these people just can't act that they need to just go with their name? I think that's... Yeah, so when somebody calls out their name, they just... They, 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 they acknowledge it rather than... When I call you Mr. Thompson <laughs> and stomp your foot... You smile and nod. I think they, he's talking to you. That's what I think's going on. <laughs> Alright, um, no. Not Hunger Games. Not Spectre, which was shit, by the way. Didn't see it, but I heard... Because you're not a Bond guy at the best of times. No. I like old Bond. Yeah. I like the ones that are cheesy, over-the-top, ridiculous, and don't try to be serious. Basically... Anything from Dalton forwards. Yeah. So, if it was... He has to bang a girl and mistreat her. It has to be that ridiculously bad. It has to be... Pussy no, galore. Yeah, it has to be nowhere near PC. And that's the problem. They just... Because from yeah. once, once sort of Goldeneye rolled around in 95, it was just... That, that was me done. Yeah. I think we've probably had that conversation oh. on the podcast. Well, pro- uh, yeah, like, we have. Don't yeah. get me wrong, like, I love Pierce Brosnan. He's great. He's a good actor. He's gentlemanly. Uh, he's sort of, I guess, what the, the... He wasn't the problem with those films. No. And that's... Yeah, they just try to take themselves too seriously. And it's like... It's a ridiculous old spy action movie. That, that's... And he's all about drinking martinis, shagging, and playing with gizmos. Well, this is the thing that I found with Spectre. Sort of the first third... Is pure Bond. Him just running around blowing shit up, being Bond, James Bond. Then it bogs down in the middle with this meandering backstory about his family. Uh, and he's hanging out with this chick. Then it gets to the big reveal that, oh my god, old matey was playing Blofeld. What are the odds of that happening? Your big bad in a movie called Spectre turned out to be Blofeld. I was surprised. Either the last 10 or 15 minutes was good. Fair enough. So essentially, 40 minute movie. About that. Thereabouts. So... Some movie about a war in the stars. <laughs> that went well. <laughs> Completely unplanned, and away we go. All right, um, where do you even start with this thing? What were, You were saying something about George Lucas earlier. George Lucas hates it, thinks it's too retro. Uh, he also called Disney a bunch of white slavers. But it's since come out to uh, renege on that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should have said slavers. <laughs> But I, then, I, I shouldn't have called them slavers. Get around. 
They gave me four billion dollars. <laughs> Say, so, here's all my money. I'll hold. I'll hold them whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> then again, like it is Disney. You know, notoriously anti-Semitic. They're notoriously racist, <laughs> sexist. <laughs> so you know, calling them white slavers. Yeah, maybe not, not? not necessarily a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I stand by my statement uh, privately, but I am uh, publicly going to say yeah, yeah, quite like my four billion dollars. Because <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Kermit the Frog, George Lucas, interchangeable voices. <laughs> it is about the same. <laughs> like, but he looks more like Miss Piggy. He does now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Miss Piggy and Fozzie Bear had a baby. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> hey, my George Lucas here. Um. Yeah, he thinks it's too retro. In what way? Um, just thinks it looks. It's just a cover of his old movie. Uh, of, we'll, get, we'll get to that point in a minute. The, the first, but he also said the costumes and sets and the technology felt too stagnated because he likes to bring in new things. Because it wasn't pre- CG enough, like the prequel trilogy. Yeah, and what, the whole time I was reading, I was shaking my head, thinking, "This is why you screwed up one, two, and three. Yeah, because you went, "Oh, new technology for something that's meant to be set beforehand." Yeah. Personally, uh, I think I thought it was great the way the technology and everything was done. I think it felt like a natural progression. Mm-hmm. I think the costumes felt natural. That's a big thing for me. And when you know you watch the, they're on the hangar in the first water ship. It looked exactly like shit. That's an imperial. It looked right. Like obviously things were advanced, things were more further along, but they weren't playing with you know holograms and all this sort of crap. It felt like twenty years of progress rather than a hundred years of crazy badass holograms. And- Which is exactly what the prequels felt like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd, I'd probably have to play Devil's Advocate. It's the, it's the only thing I will say that George probably, in his own mind, would have gotten right is that the reason Star Wars started with Episode 4 is because he knew what he wanted to do with them. So the story goes, is that he knew what he wanted to do with them, knew that the technology wasn't capable of what he wanted to do, and so he started with Episode 4 where it would actually... like That's that's what the story goes. Yeah. The Episode so, 4 tag that wasn't added until home video release. Yeah. And I'm not confident that he... That's let's say that's the story. That's the story how, that he sticks how to. How true it. it is, but I mean that's even that was well before the prequel yeah. actually came into being. He said that, mm. so you know. But as I said, that's the only thing that if that story is true, I would say, you know, that was his plan because everything else quite thoroughly fucked up. Yes, <laughs> I can I can kind of see what he's saying in that. Yeah, the bits of the galaxy that we saw though. In the prequel trilogy, everything's shiny, happy, people laughing, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's the galactic core. Your fucking centre of the galaxy, all that sort of stuff. Everything's... Four, five, six, and seven, all taking place more or less on the outer rim, away from where all the technological stuff's happening. Like, most of um, four and six take place on Tatooine. Desert fucking wasteland. (laughs) The first third of Force Awakens takes place on a different fucking desert. (laughs) But, But, yes... But because they're away from the... And they're scavengers, and they're not... Like, the Rebel Alliance slash Resistance aren't an organised military force. They're cobbling together whatever they can. So it makes perfect sense that they're not going to have the best of everything. Yeah. And then even the First Order stuff not being super deluxe fucking Transformers level technology kind of makes sense in that they're not the Republic. They're this other offshoot, the Origins and whatnot we don't have... 
And the other thing is that I'm thinking in response to this point is the, the Galactic Empire, which had held everything together for 30 years, has collapsed. And in the wake of that, you're not going to get all your best R&D technologies and all these sorts of things. So it stands to reason that it, that could be another reason why everything looks and feels so retro-y that hasn't advanced as far as it could and should have. Yeah. Outside of BB-8. That and they also, for how many people are meant to be, you know, how many people are working for the Empire or the Order as it may be in this one, is they need to be able to produce weapons and armour that can be mass-produced on a scale of, I think, I worked it out as like 2.5 billion people would have worked for the Emperor. Jesus! It's something ridiculous like that too. It, it, that number might not... That, that's just off the top of my head, but it was yeah. somewhere around that. Also, like, it's a galactic empire. Yeah. You think about how many people are in government employ just in Australia, or just in the New South Wales state government. That's a... Good few thousand people that are all working just for a state government of one country on one planet. If you're talking a galactic empire, it, could, yeah. it might be a very feasible number. Well, they they said that the the fleet of star just star destroyers that the emperor maintained was twenty five thousand star destroyers. That's just the star destroyers. Then you've got the super star destroyers. You had the Death Star as long as it was there. Um, <laughs> Twice. Then, yeah, the, the ground-based troops, everything like that. So it's all your facilities, all your... It's, yeah. So it, it is a feasible number, and then they'd have to be able to equip these people and have to be able to produce the weapons. Cheaply you want. and effectively. Yeah, you want something basic, and it's obvious with um, Stormtrooper armor not stopping a damn thing <laughs> that they have cheaped out. It might well be paper mache. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, uh, if a little fluffy teddy bear can... Knock you over with a rock. There's probably something going on. They might have cheaped out a bit on their cloning technology there. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, balance wasn't an issue. Um, but yeah, they, that's what I think it was. That you know, they are trying to mass produce these weapons and armor for this vast amount of people. Mm-hmm. They can't exactly be bringing a new technology over and over again to equip that many people. Yeah. Especially ones that are, you know, on that sort of outside of the, as you, as you said, or that far away from the centre of the galaxy. All the finances are in mass production, not in research and development. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Even though they were on a giant planet that shoots other planets for some reason. Well, they, all, all, the, all the money for production has gone into building two Death Stars and a Star Killer. Yeah. You know, another Death Star. Yeah. You can just imagine the advisor going... You sure you want to do this again? Uh, no, no, no. Like, no, 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 I've got this. We're going to put it in the planet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going on holidays. Yeah. I'm going to take my flexi. If and you need me, I'm going to be on Dagobah chilling in a swamp. Go and fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Probably Yavin 4 would be the best place to hide out. Well, they wouldn't think anybody would go back there. No. Well, look how long it took the other Death Star to get there. Yeah, no, plenty of advanced warning. Yeah, um, I can't imagine a Star Killer is going to move as fast as what. Well, does the Star Killer move at all? Because it's a planet, or because they, they fire the weapon, then you see it traveling through space. Is it just a very slow, very ineffective weapon? Maybe, yeah. Well, it, it could just be a planet they shoot at a giant. But imagine being the one guy who just you know accidentally flies in the way. I oh, know it's it's a bit like the alien spores from Clendathu. Yeah, and Starship Troopers. They just fire these spores off into space and hope for the best. Yeah. That's probably the best method to hope for. Clearly, You're gonna targeting get... things wasn't going to help them. No, clearly not. Well, that said, one burst from the Star Killer did take out a planet and four of its moons. Yeah, in one fell swoop, except for the moon that oh, our heroes are on. Yeah, exactly. Everything but. And they're like, "That's the seat of the Galactic Republic." Really? All right. Do you want to talk about your elephant in the room? Oh well, yeah. We're still now. I, I, I get 
that it's supposed to be a nostalgia piece and that like we've very much already tiptoed around that. Um, I just think they went a little bit too far with it. I think, you know, for what is supposed to be, you know, something that's drawing in the new fans as well as obviously the existing fans that are hoping that, you know, with George Lucas not at the helm, it wasn't going to be screwed up. It was a good movie, but I just think they took the nostalgia a little too far. They could have dialed it back, put in some new content, some new plotline, and it would have been just as good. They could still could have had some of the nostalgia, not just a remake or <laughs> TM me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trademark, John D, remake or You mean in the in that it basically hit all of the story beats for A New Hope and most of Jedi. Yeah, and not just story beats, but some of it felt almost like frame-by-frame frame reproduction, like the needing to go in, power down the shields, you've got the confrontation on the bridge, you've got the, it just, you know, the star killer, um, The trench the, run, starting the trench on Tatooine. The, the familial ties, it's just... Literally escaping from the desert planet on the Falcon with Han. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it just seemed, it was a little too much. I mean, from here, now that they've gotten the nostalgia piece out of the road... I really think it's going to be good moving forward, and I'm still looking forward to episodes eight and nine. They just could have dialed it back a little bit. Absolutely, get what you what you what you're saying there. Absolutely, I think though it works on multiple levels, as it's pretty much a retelling of the original trilogy because you've got the bits of all three that are rolled in. Yep. Which is fine for a, it's your nostalgia piece. B, it's an intro and your new fans. But I think, and I heard this on another podcast, so I'm just going to recycle it, because it's true, I think I was saying this to you the other day, is that basically, I think a lot of the problem people had with the prequels was because they went in expecting something of the same tone and feel of the Holy Trilogy. Whereas the prequels, completely different feel, tone, vibe, story, everything. And I think they've done this with um, Force Awakens to get everybody back on the same page. You go, right, here's what you're going to get. Here's where we're all up to the same spot. We're all travelling at the same pace. Let's move forward. Yeah. But then you can probably get even more metaphysical with that. And I don't. I think this is just me grasping at straws to justify it, which I don't feel the need to do, but I'm going to anyway, is that if you look at it as a take on the futility of war and how no matter who's doing these things, the more things change, the more they stay the same, everything's cyclical, blah, 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 blah. If you want to get your hippie on it, that could be another way to look at it to make it less shit. Well, not less shit. It wasn't shit at all. Um, to get past that sort of... Yeah. It was... Because it, it's 100% spot on story beats, especially of New Hope, right down to the trench run. The, the one thing that I really did enjoy about that, and I think if they'd have included the entire trench run in that, I probably would have gotten up and walked out. The fact that they actually went, we're going in for the trench run, we're going to set it all up, and then we're going to go across and tell the story of everything that's happening over here. And here's the um, end of the trench run. Exactly. That, that actually... Worked Saved really well. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because that the whole thing was, Poe Dameron's going to do his thing. Pachoo, pachoo, pachoo. Oh shit, Han Solo's dead. Oh, by the way, we're going into spoilers. Um, <laughs> in case you... Hashtag spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We've only been talking about it for 15 minutes. Yeah, we we might throw the spoiler tag in just there. But we haven't spoiled anything though. We haven't talked about any specific points yet. I can't believe Lando wore a thong. I can't believe Lando's nowhere to be seen. He'll turn up in the second one. I reckon he'll be he'll be along. Um, he'll, he'll have to. He'll turn up in a floating city somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, you had some issues with it. Let's get all the shit we didn't like out of the way. Then we'll just gush. All right. Okay. One one thing was it was not so much the movie's fault was definitely the media's fault. The way they were covering having uh Gwendolyn Christie being in it as Captain um, Phasma. Captain Phasma. 
raving on about how she's this hardcore, strong female character. I get, yes, have strong female characters, all for it. Uh, obviously, don't try to force them. Just they were natural. I think raving. Don't try to did... force them. <laughs> <laughs> I see I think... what you accidentally did there. <laughs> I think Ray done a great job. Uh, well, done, what's her name done a good job is Ray. Who's, the actress's name completely escapes me. Exactly. Um, but I, I think she had, what, two and a half minutes of airtime as Captain Phasma and just basically got bitched the whole way. So she, she's the new Darth Maul. She's not the new Darth Maul. Darth Maul was amazing. She's the new Boba Fett. She's Boba Fett from um, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I think you touched on you, you made that comparison when we talked about it the first time. Probably. And I think that was, it's not so much the movie's fault, it was the media... And the marketing team. ...promoting her to be this big main character who just stood there shining. She stood there, she stood behind their version of Darth Vader holding a gun. Yeah. And what did Boba Fett do in Empire? Stood behind Darth Vader holding a gun. And then got told what to do at gunpoint. Uh, yeah. That was funny though, with, do I have a trash, is there a garbage chute? With the yeah. trash compactor? <laughs> I, uh, what Gobi was, they were pointing a gun at her, what, what's so special about her armour, like, is it, you know, does a simple small blaster really, is going to be that effective against her, or is her armour just shiny because she forgot to paint it? I think it's just shiny so she stands out from all the others. Ah, but she has a cape. She does, oh, she does have a cape. Yeah, or a half shot cape. You know what I like though? All the, all the fan people were like, oh, she's a woman, why doesn't her armour look like she's a woman? It's, it's armour. Yeah, you don't need to have tits in your armour. No. And aside from which, if you are trying to have some sort of tactical advantage, do you really want someone singled out as being different? Yes, the, yes, the armour's a different colour, so you can see that there's some sort of rank there, but mm-hmm. do you really want to have, have like a shape difference? No. Well, and to be fair, Gwendolyn Christie doesn't exactly have the biggest chest area. Yep. I mean, she does have a broad chest, like very... She's a, she is a big woman. She is a large woman. She's... Yeah, we've all... not, I'm not saying she's a fat chick. She's no. a very solidly built... Well, she's a model. And yeah. Because she's... Brienne of... She's Brienne of Tuff in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And so she's obviously already proved herself as a legitimate acting badass. Yeah. Like, you know, she's hacking people left, right and centre in that, that show. And yeah. it's amazing. Um, but yeah, even then when she was wearing the armour as, as the Kingsguard and whatever in Game of Thrones, it wasn't moulded to have breasts. It was just a chest plate. It was just full plate. It's just that you could see her face. Yeah. Who cares if she's a woman? There's a female stormtrooper who talks. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's... What gets me is when people make such a big deal about it. Like, it's only a big deal if people make a big deal out of yeah. it. Yeah. It's only a thing if you make it one. Yeah, like, um... John Boy... Finn. Boyega? Finn being black. Who cares? He's black. He's a character in the movie. It doesn't matter. He's... Yeah. Did you hear about this controversy of one lot of fanboys were like, that's not our Star Wars. You don't have black characters. It's like, hang on a minute. And I'm stealing this from a podcast as well. There's no source material for this thing. Almost verbatim. Thank you, Vic. Um, Vic said this on Just Make It Up. And I'm going to recycle it because it's true. There's no source material for these things. Hmm. And, yeah, the only source material now, officially, is the first six films. So, and then what? You, you can, if you want to do a black, a, a whole black cast of Star Wars, you can. Yeah. And this is like we were saying on the episode that came out last time, the conversations we were having. If you want to make a black Batman, make a black Batman. Go for your life. It shouldn't matter. My, my only problem is when there is source material already. Yeah. And, okay, when Samuel L. Jackson was Nick Fury... Basically, they just rebranded Nick Fury yeah, well, as, a, ul- as a black guy. Well, Ultimate Nick Fury was always was always based on Samuel L. Jackson anyway, from the Ultimates. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know, when they change the character, basically when they just change the colour and not the name and backstory, that sort of gets me. But when um, they, with Spider-Man, when they get... Um, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. It's a conversation we had on last episode. Yeah, I think it was, for me, that's that's fine because there are different people who take up the mantle yep. of Spider-Man. I, I think if it, you know, it feels, I don't know, it, it feels degrading. If I was a black person and somebody went, oh, we're just going to rename a white guy... We're just going to recolor. Yeah, we're just going to recolor a white guy, and there you go. I'd be pretty insulted. I'd be more insulted by that than creating an original, strong... Black Panther. Not even Well, not even necessarily a black character. We're talking, like, your Asian characters, your Middle Eastern characters, any of these sorts of characters. Like, people that aren't just straight up and down white guys. Because the the Holy Trilogy, there's a lot of white people in that film. Lando's the black guy. And then then you go back to the, the prequel trilogy, and you had... Well, your entire clone army was were, was based off a single person who was a Maori. Yeah, he's an Islander. Um, and you also had the captain of the guards in episode one was also an Islander. Yeah, and Jay Lagaya. Um, but Temuera Morrison it was the entire clone army, including Boba Fett. So yeah. now, because Boba's that grown up little black kid, Boba Fett's now a black character. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know if that's been touched on in any of the new. Extended universe stuff yet, but based on those trilogies, yeah, he's now Tamara Morrison, which I would love to see him turn up as a survivor, as fucking Captain Rex turning up to save the fucking day yeah. in episode eight. How good would that be? Turn up in a Naboo cruiser. Yeah! <laughs> he's one of the main clones from Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah, Captain Rex, and he was one of the ones that he was defective, so he didn't follow Order 66. Yep. For well, some reason, because he turns up in. Was he defective or was he out of range? Wasn't, oh, I might have been out of range. It was one of them where out of range the communicators didn't go off or something like that. Yeah. Or am I just talking about a dream that I had? I'm not entirely sure because I don't really remember that. I probably but had a lot of had too much sugar and fell asleep and had a dream. It's entirely possible with you. <laughs> but no, I would love to see Tamora Morrison turn up as Captain Rex. I mean, if 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 JJ or any of the writers take any of the Lawrence Kasdan's doing most of the writing. Yeah, if we if we take um, if they take any out. of the legends. Legends universe as source material. The pre- the previous previously known as the extended universe. Yeah. Yep. Um, then what you've got open there is you've got the story where, and I think it was in the the Bounty Hunter Wars <laughs> where um, Boba Fett actually killed the Sarlacc. Didn't make it out of the pit. Had to be rescued, but killed the Sarlacc from the inside out. Blew it up with thermal detonators. Gave it heartburn. Yeah. <laughs> Very severe heartburn. But yeah, he was stuck down in the pit. And someone came down looking for him, and he was still alive. Um, so, I mean, if they use any of that sort of stuff, then it is quite feasible for, for Boba Fett or some incarnation of him to, to come back in or just, you know, another clone. Yeah, it would be cool if he comes back, like, horribly scarred because of all the stomach acid. Yeah! That would be fantastic. Another cyborg. Because I'm not, I'm not a Boba Fett guy by any stretch of the imagination, but that would be cool if he turned up following that continuity as Tamura Morrison, because he's getting on in years now. Yeah. So he still he, a badass. He'd still be about the right age for it. Yeah. Boba Fett the Muss. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't. People complaining about um, Carrie Fisher and that. So, oh, they look old. It's it's set thirty years after the movie. It was filmed thirty years after the last movie. It just it makes sense. Well, this is people talking about, and this is another major controversy people have been on about. Oh, Carrie Fisher hasn't aged well. She looks old, blah, 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 blah. She is old. I know. And Carrie Fisher's led a hard life since since Jedi. But you know what That's I love? Really that? She's just come out and just gone, 
Zeal was fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, blow, blow me. Was what blow she said. She's like, she's like aging, like aging well is a matter of luck. Yeah, pretty much. And she's like, I don't care that you don't like how I look. You've still spent over a billion dollars to watch me in this movie. I think she looks fucking amazing, to be honest. For a woman of her age that's gone through the things she's been through, absolutely. Yeah. I, the only thing that sort of people talking about her weight loss. Oh, you know, whatever. You know, she lost the weight for the movie. I think. Good on her. Is that good she, on her? she did it. Like Mark Hamill did the same thing. Harrison yeah. Ford had to lose weight too, but especially because it plays well to the character that that Leia is. Yeah, was that she's so dedicated and focused on the rebellion or the resistance as it is in this yeah. that she's probably not going to be taking the best care of herself food wise. She's probably not going to be sitting there feasting on a tauntaun that her brothers slept in. Um, <laughs> she's probably just going to be more focused and stressed. And she's going to be grabbing a bite here or there. Yeah. Probably um, when 3PO reminds her to, to be honest, because she, based on what we... Sorry to jump all over oh, the no, point. Just... But based on what we've seen of her in the four films that she's in, yeah, she's not going to be thinking about food. She's going to be thinking about, right, what's her next tactical move going to be? Exactly. And I think that's it plays well to her, especially with the way she has aged. What she's went through in her life, you can imagine she's gone through something... Not similar, but would, you know, have the same physical and mental effects on it. Yeah. In, you know... Seeing what happened to your son. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the, the amount of, of shit she's went through. I I think she's she's done a really, really well. And Mark Hamill as well, the weight he lost for it, and his beard. Oh, epic beard. <laughs> I should point out, I have a beard, and I am quite beard fond. You are quite beard fond. And to see his beard so glorious <laughs> and... <laughs> Oh. It was it was a definite Jedi beard. Oh, it was such a Jedi it, it was beard. Your, it was your Qui Gon Jinn. It was your it, it was your um it was your Obi Wan Kenobi. It was yeah, it, was, it was a Jedi beard. Yeah, yes, it was, it was regal. It, but he looked like Master Luke. Scott. Yes, you, you would. He would walk into the room and you'd be like, "Yes, sir. Can I get you some tea and biscuits? Can I get you some blue milk? Yes, because <laughs> he's now the same age that Alec Guinness was when he did Ep Four. Wonder if he's getting the same rights. <laughs> the same or was it the merchandising merchandise for Alec Guinness yeah well, maybe because he uh, he made a very good deal because he didn't want, want to be in that movie they were, we'll, we'll just throw a heap of money at you in future but it, but it was uh, no it was only um, Harrison Ford was the only one that had um, royalties written into their contract was it only Harrison well maybe maybe not from the later movies um, but, but from, from episode 4 Harrison Ford even though he wasn't an actor he was working there on the set as a carpenter, they had him read for the role, um, and he the reason he got the role is because he was pissed off because he didn't he didn't really want to be doing it, and so that's he half asked his way through it. The way well the way he was for the majority of the role that sort of gruff yeah that was actually him at his I audition. It. Well, uh, see, that's... Well, knowing what he's like now, of course that's right. Believe it, but see that's that's weird because he already knew George because he was in American Graffiti. Mm. Which was a George Lucas film. So maybe... The, so how much credence is it? May, or maybe he, the, he was pissed off that he wasn't originally yeah. wanted for. And then they just said, hey, how about you read for this role? I'm like, oh, fine, I'll do They were going for someone else for Harrison Ford. Uh, uh, Kurt uh, Russell. Kurt Russell. Mm. I would love to have seen Snake Plissken in space. Oh. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Call me hard. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we thought you died on Coruscant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thought you'd be taller, that sort yeah. of... But, uh, yeah, no. Harrison was the only one that actually had... Uh, once again, this is something that I read a long time ago, but mm. 
was the only one out of all of them that had royalties written into their contract from the get-go from the very beginning you're right there's a man who half-assed his way through a performance in this film like well i think you touched on it the other day um when we were talking about it it's quite possible and of course no one's going to know this except for the man himself but i reckon it's quite possible that the only reason he said this that that he's in the movie uh, and the, oh, the reason that he met the fate that he did is because he didn't want to be in the movie and yeah. that was the only like it's like okay kill me I'll do it he said it um, he actually said it well, he's been, well, sa- he's okay, been he saying it for, my last movie. he's been saying it for years that he wanted to die in Jedi yeah well yeah because they the only reason they put him in Carbonite in Empire was because he didn't they didn't know if they were going to get him back yeah which created Probably one of the best moments. But it's an, another testament to George Lucas sort of just winged most of the movies. Yeah. It was just whatever was coming up at the time, he would work around those. Because there is no way he thought they were brother and sister as per four and five. No. It, yeah, he just, I don't know. I, he I, saw how well the father reveal went. Hmm. I'm, I'm conf- I, I would believe that he had that in mind the whole time. Because he originally wanted to be one family fucking up the entire galaxy. Keeping up with the Skywalker style. I still have a theory that there is another Skywalker out there, and that Ray is that Skywalker's child. You don't think Ray belongs to Luke or Leia? Well, yeah, like don't wrong. Like I think most probably he's one of the two. I reckon she belongs to Luke, and that's why she was dumped in hiding on Jakku. But also, I I don't know. I just have this this feeling that you know they were on this clone planet, and they could well have cloned Natalie Portman because there was that line in. Star Wars when, you know, um, do you remember your mother? Yes, but she died when I was very young. Your, your mother, your real mother. Yeah, but she, she does remember the mother. So I have this theory that they cloned Padme. She was there for a little while, but then the she died. still had the memories of Padme and either went off looking for Anakin and they somehow shagged and got a robotic baby out of it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe Obi-Wan gave her the old, you know. Gave her the old... Yeah. The old wing. The old wing. Although, JD made a, a good little joke the other day, which was, um, was it Qui-Gon and Shmi? Qui-Gon and Shmi, James Menace. <laughs> so, you know, there could be, it could be another, there could be another Skywalker out. There could be... Well, I'm, I like the idea, but I'm not confident that it's going to happen. I'm not confident, but then again, so, there's uh, so many people who've got this theory, it's... Luke or Leia's and well I, that's the thing I was waiting for with the the big Kylo Ren reveal hmm. I was waiting to see what name they dropped because in once again I'll go back to Legends Universe because I've read a shitload of the books Han and Leia had three kids two of them were twins um, Jason and Jonah exactly um, and one of them turns to the dark side becomes Darth Cadus yes so I was waiting for the name drop and, and if it had been Jason, I was like, okay, it's Jaina. We, ha- we have the, the, the twin yeah. in Ray. But, of course, that's not how it went. Um, and so as, as soon as that happens, okay, it's, she's a Skywalker. She's Luke. Yeah. I, I, I also still love this theory. I said to, to JD the other day, when you guys went to go see it again, to look next to Luke's feet. I swear there is a grave or something there. Um, not too many people say I spoke to somebody else they think they saw a little rock outcrop. I saw the craggy rock sticking up I saw what, you, what I saw what you thought could have been the cement like the gravestone but there's no disturbed ground around it and there's nothing to indicate that it's anything other than just a craggy rock could be very old there is Fair also point. no guardrail around those stairs it is a very unsafe place to be the, no wonder they abandoned it the entire Star Wars universe is a very unsafe there's no <laughs> OH&S or work health and safety in there was universe. no rail in the original Death Star 
They could have easily fallen off. Well, the Wilhelm again, scream out inside. Yeah. Well, then again, they probably wouldn't have been able to claim for you know disability because they're dead. <laughs> well, this is true. You're either dead or you're not working for the Empire. Yep. So I, I don't know. You I thought, had some issues with Ray early on. Um, I thought she was hard to get into to begin with. Mm-hmm. She was very, very Natalie Portman. But I think as well that sort of plays into the the theory of she could well be a Skywalker because you know. Portman sort of looked a bit, uh, or you know, Carrie Fisher looked a bit like Natalie Portman. They've got you know the dark hair, the eyes, yeah, um, the pale skin. Even though she's been living on a desert planet for fifteen years, yep, and she's British. Um, You know, whoops, (laughs) English accent in the desert sort of makes sense when nobody else has an English accent. Well, she was a little kid. She got there, so she'd have already had the accent. Yeah, true, true. But she she already got a tan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so she's... she should have been as tanned as females, <laughs> <laughs> or at least Poe. Oh, we'll get to, we'll get to Poe in a minute. <laughs> I actually have something to, to say about the, the Poe and Finn thing later. You reckon on. they're going to be Star Wars's first homosexual couple? Well, they're trying to PC everything, so it would not surprise me if they at least you know made out a little bit, fight for both sides. <laughs> <laughs> they get the grey Jedi on a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, it's possible. You know, he held up the light lightsaber next to his dog. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're trying to PC it a lot. And they're trying to t- trying to tick every box. Trying to tick every right. box. What do we got? Female. Yep. Black guy. Yep. Ridiculously tanned. What is he, Dominican or something? Um, Some form of South American. Yeah. But he's not Dominican. He's um he's Guatemalan. He's a fucking crazy-ass X-Wing pilot. Yeah. He's badass. He needs a dirty mustache, though. Oh, that would be and uh, the dirty stormtrooper mustache. Yep, and <laughs> and he needs the uh, the aviator glasses. The dirty sarlacc. <laughs> <laughs> dirty sarlacc. Because you just know, when he was when he got out of the the X wing after they landed, I was waiting for the Top Gun anthem. Yeah. They have to have a space volleyball scene. It has to happen. <laughs> Spoilyball. <laughs> <laughs> they use one of those uh, the training remotes. Which okay, this is... did you did you notice it? Yeah, it was sitting in the back in the Falcon. Yeah, um, uh, Finn picked it up and moved it. Yeah, but why did Han have that to begin with? What what would he use it for? Distracting people while he's going on missions and. But it's a training remote. It's a rem- it's a remote little probe thing that shoots laser bolts at things. Yeah. He could have absolutely repurposed that. Wasn't to... that part of Luke's training though on the Millennium Falcon? So the tra- in theory it could have just been there for the whole time. Like they just never cleared the junk out. That's entirely possible. Because yeah, it was, it was one I think it was when Luke's first got the helmet on and doing yeah. the I'm I'm sure. Like I'd have to go back and watch it now because it's been a couple of years. But I'm sure that actually took place on the Falcon. It did absolutely. Yeah, yeah, did. Are so you talking? You're talking about why he had it originally. Why you re- why originally Han had that oh, remote? Right now, it, it did, yeah. For me, it just it's sort of like well, it's a Jedi training remote. Why well, does Han have this? Well, it doesn't even necessarily Jedi training remote. It could have. I'm still convinced that he could. I mean, this is stretching and making up a story that doesn't exist. But you know, Star Wars fans do that a lot. Um, it could have absolutely Han could have used it as, like on missions or whatnot if he needed a distraction. Send that thing out to just start shooting randomly. It's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Or it could have just been you know. There you go, Lawrence. You can have that one for free. Obi Wan cleaning out his cave and, and going. Yeah, we'll need to bring this with us. He had it in his bag of holding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Obi Wan, you dirty pedo. <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got a blue harvest. Um, <laughs> you want to see my purple heart? The <laughs> oh, force is going to be strong in that one. Um, no, I thought over. I thought Ray was great. Beginning to end. Yeah. I love that she lived in the downed ATAT Walker. Yeah. I want to see the story of the Battle of Jakku with the crashed yes. fucking star destroyers, the fucked up, um, and our walkers, the crashed X wings. I want to see what the dick happened. Well. There's a good chance, like, looking at the age and everything of those things, there's a good chance they might touch on it in Rogue One. That's, that's entirely possible. That'd be cool. Because, yeah, it was, there was a big-ass battle that happened there. Because, yeah, there's the age. There are ages. two crashed Star Destroyers. Yeah. There's, at least, if not a third one. And there's an at and, you know, you, you'd assume there's probably some um, chicken walkers and stuff getting around. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, it's just... Those are fair significant force to be floating around. Yeah, there. and what fucked that shit up? Something's got to, yeah. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see. I'd like to see. I also, I mean, it's. This is. I thought we were going to be a little more focused on this, but no podcast that's talked about this movie has been. So fuck it, we're all going to just jump all over the place. I want to know who Max von Sydow's character was outside of Ming the Merciless. Crap. That's exactly what I was going to say. No, I know, that's why I said Because <laughs> he's. Oh, not, no. He, he was, was our like King of Troy. He's the king of Troy. He's the king of Troy. That's why he was in the desert. Because no, 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 no. He's the old bloke from Judge Dredd. Because he did the yes, walk. He did the walk. This was it on the long walk. He walked for a long time. What the fuck? And he came back. No, no, that was the... a long time ago. Oh, that is true. Oh. <sighs> Wormhole. Didn't see his shotgun though. Oh, that's true. No, he gave it to he gave it to Sly though. Yeah, Sly took Dredd his... took it. Yeah, Dredd took the shotgun. So maybe he survived while he was out there. We yeah. left the, the angel um, angel family's yep. little hideout and trekked back into the desert. Mm. And went into space. It could be the same planet. Wormhole. That could be the curse of Earth. Do you think Jakku might be Earth? Jakku could well be Earth. Because you never know that maybe they were trying to... The, uh, it wasn't the, really a long time ago. It's a false advertising slogan like the Captain Phasma stuff. Pretty much. Maybe, maybe the Empire was trying to try and take one of the mega cities and the judges, you know... Oh, judge versus, judges versus Stormtroopers. Oh, I'd hate to see that. Now all we need to wait for is, you know, if, if we're going to go with the Jakku as Earth theory, keep it next time we watch it, or one of the sequels. Keep an eye out for Mad Max. I was going to say keep an eye out for the Hand of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, you maniacs. <laughs> at, at, no, at the, end, <laughs> at the end of Act 9, you're just going to get Poe Dameron on the beach. You maniacs! <laughs> <laughs> Calling that one right now. <laughs> um, he was absolutely my boy. Fucking Dameron's going to be badass in those next two. Yeah. Slight problem, and now that I've seen it three times, A, how did he get off the planet? Yes. B, why did he leave the planet? Because his whole thing was, got to get back to Jakku, got to get back to Jakku, got to get the little droid. Crash my ship. Oh, well. Oh, well, back, oh. Uh, back to the X-Wings and, oh, look, my droid's just turned up out of nowhere. Yay. I'm already off doing business and shooting and stuff. It's like nothing ever happened. I think that there was, there should have been a little subplot showing him parallel to him because you knew he wasn't dead. Maybe they're setting it up for a TV series, maybe an animation. Comics or a book. Yeah. I'd say they'll probably do, because it was such a big thing in the movie, they will probably do it as an animated series. You reckon? In in the vein of like Clone Wars and Rebels. I really like Rebels. Uh, I think they were very, I, I do do like them. I think um, I thought Clone Wars was really good for me. It was surprisingly violent. Yeah, Clone Wars was the prequel we should have got. Yeah, I even the because I picked it up one day just in the you know the bargain bin of JB Hi-Fi. Yep. a couple of bucks. I'm like, all right. I just binged the fuck out of it on Netflix. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I thought, okay, I'll pick this up. I grabbed the movie. I had a watch and I actually got into this. I yeah. don't mind it. This is, this is pretty all right. So that, that movie got a theatrical release, didn't it? Yeah. And nobody went to see it. Shot back down, picked up the, the, the series for, you know, I think it was like 20 bucks. Yeah. Grabbed it, binged it in about two days, and went, it's pretty good. I'll go get the next series. $60. Like, yep. ooh, yeah, can't justify that. Yeah, no, Netflix, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay my eight bucks a month. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've started watching it and I'd seen episodes of you and just yeah. randomly as I've, yeah. been, as I've been working through it. Yeah, I just want to get to those episodes with them all. Oh, those are good. Those are very good. Um, I was trying to pick a lot of the voices, like the cartoon, like the character voices, like um, I think Billy West may have even popped up. Yeah, Billy West in it. You know who did pop up in it? Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson voiced Qui-Gon as the ghost in those two episodes that you appeared in. Well, he does only have a very particular set of skills, so I guess well, it's yeah. natural for him just to do Qui-Gon. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, Poe Dameron, being badass. Yes. Didn't do a lot other than, like, you know, blow up the Death Star. Yeah, I think his backstory and future story will be great. I think there was enough of him in the movie to go, oh, he's going to be my boy. Let's yeah. show us more of this guy. Because when, oh, when, when they're at Mars' place and the whole fucking thing blows up and then he's like, oh, shit, we're all going to die. And then you fucking see the X-Wing fleet coming across the fucking lake out of the haze. And he just flies around. Fuck all shit up. Fuck it was good. <laughs> to be honest, I hope they make him and Finn have, an, have a relationship. Yeah. Because I just want to hear that, they're making them gay and black. <laughs> I'm not only, he's not only black, he's gay as well. <laughs> they took our Star Wars. They took our films. They took our films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it will be amazing. Oh, fucking reckon. Oh, but yeah, sit, just you just sit back with a bucket of popcorn and it's not watching <laughs> the movie, it's just watching the outrage. Watch the fallout. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it will definitely make it the most talked about movie. Yep. Um, that will get people in to... Well, at the moment, it's sitting at $1.2 billion, even without opening in China. Yep, because that's still, what, three days away? China's two or three days away, and China's yep. the second biggest movie market in the world. Yep. And it hasn't even hit there yet. Yep. It'll do $2 billion within the next week and a half. Well, it's... It's going to do two point eight three or something ridiculous to catch Avatar. I, I really, I never thought Avatar would be able to hold a candle to it. I, I just thought that Star Wars would just blow past it easily, and it's still a good chance. It, it came out on the 17th of December here. Today, it's the 2nd of January. 15 days, 15 yeah. or 16 days, and it's done $1.3 billion. Yep. It'll do it. In its first day, it did $58 million. In its entire run, Fant Forstick did $57 million. Its entire theatrical run, globally. What was the opening weekend release was $540 million. Yeah. Opening weekend. Yeah. Well, I saw it twice in the opening weekend. I've only seen it twice. I shouldn't actually be here. I should be going to watch it again. Yeah. And then there was a reason. Yeah, kerfuffles and whatnot. Shenanigans and doodads. <laughs> but I can always go again with all the Christmassy... Gift cards and passes and... Oh, you, you've got a bundle of free visits. Well, I got... When I, I went to see it at the midnight screen, and, you know, being Star Wars, and I, I'm sitting there... I did not. I'm sitting there watching it with the uh, with my 3D glasses on, and <laughs> being all... I've 3D in this is shit. I've heard this story. What is going on? Why is this so shit? Oh, well, the movie's still good. I'm enjoying it anyway. <laughs> 
And then as we were exiting the cinema, I handed my glasses back to uh, to the lady, you know, at the front with the bag. And then she hands me a little piece of paper. I'm like, oh, what is this? She thought it's a complimentary ticket. Oh, that's lovely. Why, why are we getting complimentary tickets? <laughs> oh, because the 3D wasn't working. And for me, like an absolute fucktard, we're sitting there for two and a half hours with my 3D glasses over my actual glasses when I didn't need to. So yeah, that 3D was shit. That 3D was terrible. So we went back about three days later. I went to a different cinema just because it was the only one really showing at that time. I watched it in 3D and fucking loved it. Kylo Ren stopping... That, oh, that laser blast when they just sort of moved around it was just uh, even in scenes where they were just standing around talking when you do, wouldn't really notice the, the 3D. I tried to make a point to watch to try to look out for it, and it just added a lot of depth to it. You know, the only place it was a detriment I found, and I think I said it to you, Nat, after we yeah. after we came out because when I, I've only seen it in the 3D the once. That's when we went to see it. Yeah, um, was the scene when they're on the when they're on on the Falcon. And Han's doing his little speech about the Jedi's being real and true, and it's all, it's all true, all of it. And you can see the, the glowing bits of the map in front of his face, like, and there was the depth of that. And I thought that detract—that's the only place the three D really detracted from it. I felt the only other place that I'd maybe say was in one of the bits where they're traipsing through the desert. Some of yeah. the, some of the dunes look really cartoony because they look really flat. They don't look like, although the three D's adding to everything else. These things aren't rounded out. No, they're really flat and sharp-edged, and it just didn't look right. But that's that was only a minor quibble. Yeah. It? That's one thing I looked at and went, oh, wow, that doesn't look great. Yeah, but then five minutes later, she's flying the Falcon through a pair of crashed Star Destroyers, and suddenly sand dunes are the least of your worries. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought the uh, the forest scenes, like when they were actually on the Starkiller base, oh, outside. Yeah. Even when they were <laughs> still just standing there. <laughs> you mean you're cold? <laughs> yeah. But just like the trees and stuff, it just added to it. And, and so I thought it was only really going to make a difference when they were flying around and shooting things. And, it, and obviously, it, it, it did. That, was, that whole the whole run, that um, straight run where it was, you know, flipping between uh, Poe in the fading around and the, the X-Wing. And, and the guys on the ground. the guys oh, on the ground. That was seamless and amazing. It looked so good. Like, we got a guy we played D&D with, does a lot of... Um, work with CG and animation and movies and stuff like that and he could not talk highly enough about how good that was yeah he just absolutely loved it and it did it looked, looked freaking amazing it was a really really good piece and um, yeah I, I think the the 3D definitely made that just brought that out brought that yep. to the floor and then when Ray sort of ran through the forest and just it brought the I yeah, thought it was when she was in the jungle. When they were on Mars's planet, not necessarily with yeah. her and Starkiller, but when her and BB-8 are doing the Harry through the trees, yes. and he's stalking her through that little gully. Yeah. Oh, there so was good. one scene where there was just just this rock that was sort of at the front of the screen with a little bit of, um, I think it might have been like a fern leaf or something on it, and it just felt like it was right in front yeah. of you, and it added that depth to it, and just, like, it might be something so trivial, and you know, you're not really going to get it on when you bring it home to watch it on. On DVD. But it just added to the experience. But yeah, it definitely added to the experience. I thought it just looked amazing. It was one of those ones where the, the 3D was definitely, definitely worth it for yep. it. Um, There's a lot of films you wouldn't bother. No. No, I wouldn't have been bothered if I hadn't made it to 3D, but I'm glad I did see it in. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's oh, that's why I'm cheering. And so back back to the point was... Uh, yes. <laughs> they gave me this 
So they gave you this free pass. So this free pass to go back to gold class again and see it in 3D. So that was a free one. And then for Christmas, my mother had overheard me talking to my dad and my brother about... Um, my, da- my, my dad wants to go see it. Um, he's a big Star Wars fan. He's the one who got me into Star Wars, as it was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've already seen it twice. I still want to go see it again. So as an added... I nearly offered to come with you tonight if you were going to go with your own. <laughs> yeah. I thought about I'm like, I'm not going to see Star Wars a fourth time. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not Guardians. No, well, yeah, they mum gave us uh, gave us all hundred dollar gift vouchers for Gold Class. Oh. Just like go see Star Wars again. I'm like go see Star Wars three times with this, <laughs> and then not if you want food. Yeah, oh. well, yeah. twice with food. Yeah, yeah. twice with food. That's fifty. But then, yeah. then I get cocktails too. So maybe once with food and cocktails. <laughs> Because I suppose if you're going to use your gift card, you may as well use it properly. Well, every time I go, like that's a, I love gold class because you sit there beforehand in the bar, grab some cocktails. Yeah. Then start the movie, they bring in cocktails. Halfway through the movie, you bring in cocktail. And it just makes the movie just that much more pleasant. See, I went straight to the food. They bring out your little your little nibbles, and then sort of that's in the first third of the film. Then about halfway through, you get your big fuck off Sunday, and oh, yeah, Sunday. I do the Sunday always. Yeah. I'm lactose intolerant, by the way, so it is a gamble. <laughs> I like to live dangerously, but I, the food there I don't rate. We get like the seafood platter before, and it's just it's pretty much what we just had. Which I bought a couple of you know. Some frozen party pies and stuff and like that. Some spring rolls and shit. Yeah, I always go to grill. I've had oh, um, yeah, I've had their salt and pepper squid, and I've had one of their pizzas. They're actually pretty good. I've had the pizzas. I'll have to give it a go. So I've been to... back for a third or fourth time. How many? Yeah, <laughs> on someone else's proverbial <laughs> time. I've been gold class about four or five times now. So I've I've done a few different. Sometimes I I get the Sunday every time without fail. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've had the food a couple of times, mm. and the most of like. It's a little bit overpriced, but yeah. realistically, it's movies. You're paying for the novel. Oh, yeah. You, you, you pay 20 bucks for a Coke and popcorn. What they charge for their actual food, in comparison, is not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. What have I seen? Some of the, the food, I don't know, I just didn't... We had their sliders, and just wasn't impressed with it. I mean, we weren't expecting much, because it's a cinema, it's not a restaurant. Um, and... At first, I was like, oh, you know, gold class, you think it'd be better. But then you look at the price of the gold class tickets, they're not that expensive for what you're getting. About eight, eight or nine dollars more than a standard movie ticket. And exactly. you get your full reclining chair and your, your... And, your, and your intimate viewing. Like, it's, it's a, it is a smaller screen, but it's also only 40 seats in the cinema. Yeah. So you don't have a theatre, like, particularly seeing something like Star Wars, mm. having a uh, you know, two or three hundred seats absolutely crammed, packed yeah. with screaming kids and... Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, when I took my kids to see it on the weekend that it opened, that environment, like, that atmosphere of having... And none of the kids were screaming and carrying on, but the kids were all excited to be watching it. Mm. Like, the Lucasfilm came... You heard this little kid in the front, Dad, is this Star Wars? <laughs> and it's like, yes, this is what Star Wars is all about. I mean, granted, my kids, one of them slept through the first hour... They were both awake for the middle of ten minutes, and then the other one slept through the second hour. But, you know, between them, they've seen it. And they're four and six. They said they wanted to go, and I wasn't going to not take them. I just think none of us really got to experience that. Yeah. I was... When did Jedi come out? 82. 82. I was... Before I was born. Yeah, that was... Before I was born. You, you were born. I was born at the end of December 82. So, it... Yeah. 
Yeah. Was it so 80, 82? Yeah, 82. So yeah. we were all teenagers when the prequels came out. Yeah. So we were sort of, you know, all cognitive and we knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. We never had that big film thing come out. And then... I mean, to, again, I'm going to jump all over your point for two and a half seconds. Yeah. We got the special editions in 97. Yeah. But, but we'd already seen these films so many hundreds of times on video. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, as I remember watching Star Wars every... Pretty much every day during my school holidays on a little 30 centimetre TV yep. out the back, cry, crammed up against it, watching. I remember you, you didn't get that big sense of, you know, when the blockade runner comes yeah. out on a 30 centimetre TV. No. But like, then when you go to the movies, you know it's going to happen. Yeah. But it's still cool. It's still great to see the opening sequence, the blockade runner comes out, the Star Destroyer after it, the shooting, and oh. It's still amazing, but you can understand the stories of when it first came out. People scream. People losing their shit over it. Yes. You imagine the kids that have seen this now. Like they've. This is the first time they get to see it. And I imagine you'd envy your kids being able to experience this, not overly knowing too much yeah. as to what they're getting into. Like obviously, your kids would have seen Star Wars. My kids, my kids and I watched the watched all three of them in the lead up. Because yeah. we saw it on the Sunday afternoon. We watched Star Wars and Empire on the Saturday, Jedi on the Sunday morning. But when I say we watched, it was on while the kids were in the house playing. They don't sort of sit and stare at any movie that they're watching. They like, go, can we watch this? And then they watch 10 minutes, they go and play, they'll come back, watch a couple of minutes. And then I did have a, a housemate that I was living with, and he'd never seen Star Wars. I know, how did I actually get to live with somebody like that? But he was I like, dated a girl that had never seen Star Wars. So that's your first problem. Well, this was in high school, so I didn't even know. Oh, true. This was Rachel the Ringing. Uh, it was the, the spin on the show before. When I was going out with Rach, Rach had never seen Star Wars before. Well, yeah. I know, right? But she was a massive Trekkie, so that was... Uh, okay. That that's, was, that was okay. She's that's, salvageable. That's how we ended up getting together in the first place, funnily enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Rach had never seen any of the Star Wars films, so her first viewing of them yeah. was the special editions at oh. movies. Well, yeah. So she got, she got that. Yeah. And they were released theatrically. That was Rach's first viewing of the Star Wars films. So my housemate's first viewing of it was, we're at our shitty dodgy house we were living in, but he had a massive... Was this one at Cardiff? No, this is the Qatar house. Oh, God. Uh, it's the wor- the best, worst house I've ever lived in. It's amazing. <laughs> um, had a basketball court. So. But yeah, and we're, we're watching this, it was 73, 72 inch TV, so it was quite Whoa. big. Um, it was a fair decent size. The surround sound with speakers that came up to my chest all yep. the way around us. Um, yeah, so the first time he got to see it was with this. And That's pretty good. It was pretty good. And he actually, he's not a nerd by any means. Not really into sci-fi. I was gradually converting him towards Andy. He was even making nerd jokes. Oh, nice. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's, as soon as that opening sequence happens, he's just gone, Wow! That's awesome! That was also due to the fact that he was sitting underneath the rack of all the empty bottles that we had lined up. <laughs> 78 <laughs> empty bottles of Canadian Club. Oh! Above his head rattling. So as, this, as the Stardust Rose coming past, it's rattling. It was rattling, so the it's next day he, he actually reinforced it because it was about to fall down. Oh, oh, it was a wonder that with the, uh, with the opening fanfare <laughs> that those bottles didn't shatter. <laughs> Tell you what, though, speaking of that fanfare, oh. I missed hearing... The 20th Century Fox music over the top of the Lucasfilm logo. Mm. I missed it. Yeah. I I knew it wasn't going to be there, but it didn't feel quite right. Yeah. To, but you know, then Star Wars came up on the screen and boom, almost forgotten. Yeah, all was forgiven. <laughs> um, no, my my overall review of F7 is always forgiven. Yeah, don't I, even care. 
I loved it too much. I, I think I'm still so tentative to say I loved it. I'm still saying it's a good movie. It's my fourth favourite. Because we all loved Phantom Menace when it came out. I won't say I loved it, but I enjoyed it. I still maintain, out of the prequels, I can't believe I'm saying this on recorded. <laughs> uh, but Let's go out to 400 people. Episode 1 was my favourite. But if you take out the overly slapstick Jar Jar, a little bit in there, yes. If you put as much Jar Jar in Phantom Menace as Nien, Numb, or Admiral Akbar are in Jedi, yeah. fine. Or even the R2 level. Because R2, he was still slapstick. Him and C3PO were a slapstick duo. Yeah, and even though in episode one you did have those two. Um, half the pod race. It was, I mean, it was good. I don't understand why Kai Gonjin didn't cheat to begin with. He was <laughs> going to do it anyway. Why didn't he crash the Bulba or just stop him from working? Yeah, no, fair enough. Because George um, Lucas loves the Bulba. That's why he's now in Jedi. He's in Jabba's yeah. Palace. Really? Yeah, yeah, apparently in the Blu-ray edition he's in Jabba's Palace. I have the Blu-ray edition. I haven't gone back and watched it. I need to, I'm going to have to watch that now. Yeah. Yeah, and <sighs> well, I think the all in all, was, probably the droids were a little bit too slapsticky as well. But oh, yeah. They, they were still, like, they were a little bit fun, but their voices, once they started to make noise, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. But in uh, the Holy Trilogy or the prequels? Prequels. Right. But yeah, I think for me, like, it, visually it was amazing. I thought the the plot was okay. Yeah, fair enough. Trade routes and all that sort of stuff. If you cut that out and just make it a civil war, but then it just becomes hope, basically. Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I don't think trade blockades and taxation tariffs <laughs> yeah. make for a very good movie that's so clearly aimed at children. Yeah. Uh, but no, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that there. Could put a pin in that because what we might do, we might steal an idea from another podcast I listened to, which stole the idea from someone else, and they do a thing. It's like I did when we were talking about the Scream films. Yep. Came back, talked about my ideal version. Give it a couple of weeks, come back with your ideal prequel trilogy. Redone. We'll, okay. We'll come back and we'll do that, because this is the prequel trilogy, this is F7 discussion yep. we do. Yep. <laughs> um, but since we're talking about droids, and we'll bring just one little bit about the droids in F7. C-3PO's red arm. Loves it. <laughs> <laughs> but why? I don't care. Because... <laughs> He, he I, had, did, I suppose you didn't recognise no, me because of my, my red arm. No explanation. <laughs> no further coming back to you it. Know, you know what it was? Because they had to earn money somehow. So he's been working on a cattle farm. He's doing the, the old vet check. <laughs> <laughs> That's why his arm's red. Cameron. What? <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's... He's, he's been doing the banter pregnancy check. Exactly. <laughs> This is why they travel single file. <laughs> <laughs> to hide their anuses. There it is. Yeah. And this is why I'm not allowed back on this show. Yeah, they will bring you back when we, when we fix the wrinkles. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, well, I, he had a silver leg in the original. He so, did. You know. Um, speaking of the droids, the, the red arm notwithstanding, BB-8 was nowhere near as irritating as shit as I thought it was going to be. I thought he was going to be horrible. I thought, I thought he was going to be the new Jar Jar. Yeah, he done... I, I, they expressed far more character with that little robot than I thought they were going to. Well, for me, he was... It's another thing, drawing comparisons to uh, to Hope, was he pretty much played the same amount of comedy that R2 did. It's he, like when they're on the Falcon, and he's like, I'm not really with the Resistance, and he rolls, and he rolls back yes. a little bit. Because he's in shock. <laughs> I, I thought it was amazing, and the thing for me was he was real. He was there. Yeah, we heard the story with Simon Pegg and how that all came about. 
Because Simon Pegg's in the... He's the guy that's given handing out the portions of food. He's the junk it? guy, yeah. Yeah. But with the whole... Um, his daughter basically made that happen. Oh, really? Because what happened was he was watching the... He was introducing his daughter to Star Wars. But it's no secret Simon Pegg is a massive Star Wars fan. And he was introducing his daughter to it, but he was going numerically. So he was going one, two, and three, then whole trilogy. And apparently when it got to Empire and Yoda was there, she screamed, he's real, he's real. Because she saw Mark Hamill interacting with the puppet. And Simon Pegg just happened to be milling around the set of the new one and said to J.J. Abrams the story. And J.J. Abrams said, that's it. We're yep. doing everything real. Obviously, there was some CG. And there had to be. But... Yeah. Especially for what they were going to do. I, th- I thought the crazy alien things that were on Han's thing... Uh, that, that was a little prequel. That, that, that felt I could have yeah, taken or leaving that, left that. That could have... Yeah, that felt a little prequel trilogy. But Just that, the aliens themselves. Yes. I'm, I'm going to jump in again. The thing with Han, though, swindling two sides and forgetting yep. who he swindled when... <laughs> vintage Solo. I love the video. Yeah, finish your point and then I've got an idea for how to round this out. Um, but yeah, I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, um, Simon, Simon Pegg in the suit. Yeah, so he he basically told Abrams the this story of what his of what his daughter said. And Abrams and like, well, Abrams, well, you know, it's going to be a bit kids. The kids obviously can tell that that was a fake. So we're going to have to add in something real. Yeah. And so um, BB-8 was real, and Mark Hamill confirmed it by saying, I was driving it around the... There's a video of him. Yeah. How good would that have been, seeing him kicking around with that? Well, if you think you can actually buy and your places, it was um, like... Yeah. You can buy the little BB-8, and it's... um, Bluetooth. Yeah. Hmm. JV something. Well, it, made, oh, yeah, it made sense that they're going to have to make a real one because obviously for merchandising, how many people were going to want a BBA? Yeah. So we're going to have to figure out a way to make it for real. If I could afford one, I'd buy one. Right. Oh, yeah. They're, they're only about 280, uh, 280 Aussie dollars. About that. If I take Devastator back, I can almost afford one. <laughs> Not doing it because I, like I like my Devastator. Um, all right, I think the best way to sort of round this out because we've just passed the hour mark, um, go through the plot like beginning to end quickly enough and then just points that we come up with as we're going through it. So we cover sort of the whole film. Opening scene, Jakku, Max von Sydow, all that sort of stuff, and then the first order turn up. I love it. I thought it was dark, it was gritty, set the tone. Um, it was still had the new and shinies. For me, Kylo Ren's powers as well. When he caught the last. Yeah, when he... Things that he was doing... He, he just looked at it. And yeah. It, well, he didn't even look at it, it just stopped. He showed he was really powerful with the Force. Obviously, later on, wasn't exactly the best at wielding a... A whiz bang. It showed that his powers are, you know, he's a lot more deceitful, he's a lot more cunning, and yeah, yeah I think it was a good to, good to see a Jedi who isn't just all winging and pushing. Yep, and lightning. Yeah, and lightning. So yeah, I, I we'll, thought, get, we'll get to his powers soon, but that was... But, and the stormtroopers were hitting things. And the, 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 the stormtroopers were real. That's yes. what got me watching it, and seeing them all standing in the little deployment pod, I'm like, those are all actors in suits. Because there wasn't one single real clone trooper in episode three. Yeah, they're all they're all CG'd. These guys are all guys in suits. Yeah, I, Max von Sydow's character though. I want to know who he is. I want to know his guy. He's a Jedi ally, so he's obviously old school because he's old. And I, just, I love the bit where um, Poe's talking about the general, and he's like, "No, to me, she's royalty." And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah." Yeah. And I think that kind of mirrors the old fans versus the new fans. Yeah, like new fans, like kids growing up with this, will only know her as General Organa. But to us, 
She'll always be the princess. She's always princess life. Yeah. No two ways about it. She's always been princess life. And I'll tell you who else is amazing in that opening sequence. John Boyega in that suit. Because mm. you can't, he's not even acting with his face, but you can tell his trepidation for doing everything he's doing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's something I like of the Stormtroopers as well. Because you can tell their different shapes and sizes. Definitely not clones. Obviously, there was we touched on it earlier. One had a female voice, so it's showing that they... one sounded like James Bond. Yeah, yeah, that was odd. Yeah, we'll come you back. Think we'll get... there was? We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, it showed that they weren't all clones. They weren't the you know that sort of thing. So I thought that was good to see. You know, they weren't. They were changing it up a bit, which yeah. is cool. So well, a couple of them were a little short for a stormtrooper, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I suppose comes back to the whole slapping together the forces wherever possible. Yep. Yeah. Because what they're doing now, they're not using clones, and there's a line at some point that says he should go back to a clone army. Yeah. Or or she should he should use clones or something. But in this, they're just grabbing kids off planets. Yeah. And indoctrinating them from day dot. Yeah. Yeah. So Finn could well be. Um, I'd, like, I'd like him to not be. Yeah. I, I want him to just be a dude. Yeah. Um, moving into people that I would also quite like to just see as a person who's not really connected. The introduction of Ray and all her stuff foraging on the planet. I'd be okay with her not being actually related to anybody. Just the kid of some other Jedi. Yeah, I'd, in all honesty, you know, as you say, like, I'd almost prefer it. Because the Wait, universe, because the galaxy is supposed to be a big place. Yeah. The, the only thing for me with that is because it was Luke's lightsaber that was basically... The drawing, catalyst. Yeah. Yeah, that was drawing it to it, so she has some... Relation to Luke, you hear the two Obi, like two versions of Obi Wan's yeah. voice and and Yoda uh, and Yoda's voice. A Frank Oz, Sir Alec Guinness, and Ewan McGregor. I, I love, love how they got the Frank Oz. I love, I how, I love how they got not Sir Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. They pulled where he, they pulled the bit where he says Ray out of the middle of where he says afraid. And they've cut it and used it. Yeah, when right, first, right at the end, Ray. But when you know how they got it, you can sort of hear it. And you're like, oh, oh, but no, it's still amazing. But yeah, it's... yeah, raising raising troll on the planet where she's hanging out doing her foraging thing and just being a scavenger. I always have this thing that she might be have some more uh, relation to Obi Wan than Obi Wan's she... secret sort of offspring or descendant or something. Uh, <coughs> clone of clone of Padme. <laughs> clone of Padme. <laughs> <laughs> what? But no, yeah. Um, but yeah, her hanging out on the planet with Simon Pegg. Maybe it's uh maybe it's Obi Wan and Luke's uh, secret child. Oh, the Lord. Force and uh, Metaclorians. <laughs> Sorry, away yeah. from prequels. Away, away, from, from, prequels. away from, We don't mention Metaclorians because even George knew better than that. Come episode two and three. But yeah, the whole thing with her living just scavenging on this planet. This is why, and it comes back. People say like later in the film when people started ragging, oh, she's suddenly real proficient with a lightsaber. She's kind of not. She beat the shit out of, like, three guys. Three guys with her stick, and... She was badass from the get-go. She was, like... you see how she was climbing around in a Star Destroyer? Yep. Stealing shit, and... Yeah. She obviously doesn't live the easiest of existence. No, because her entire life is scavenging... She's she's effectively a slave without being a slave. Because her whole life is scavenging shit. Sell it to Simon Pegg. For food. For food. And like quarter portions and half portions and whatnot. And, and she's like, obviously there, there's that little thing that the alien dude or whatever that she um, gets BB-8 off. He's riding, effectively, if anyone's familiar with Warhammer, he's riding a juggernaut. And it turns away from her and just goes, okay, basically says, take what you want. Yeah, she tells him, back the fuck up. And he's like, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. That little alien the easy dude. way. And, and just walks off. And so it's obvious she's got a reputation of yeah. being pretty hard as well so mm-hmm. you know and you know she lives in that 
Yeah, I love that. Finn and Ray, uh, Finn and Poe escaping from the death from the Star Destroyer. That's where we get to meet proper Kylo Ren doing his fucking Vulcan mind meld thing. Because we haven't, we've barely touched on on Ren at all. And Kylo Ren being Nigel Thornbury. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you must have been so happy with that. Smashing. <laughs> um, Imposing as fuck till the helmet comes off and he's, then he's a Jonas brother. To, to me, I think I've said it, he's Zach Braff if he ever played Professor Snake. That's exactly what he looks like when he takes that mask Snape Dorian. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the meme going around where it's Professor Snape and it's just, I am your father, and then it's, hit, and then it's him doing, No! <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it's. It really does. I, I loved Ren with his with the mask on. I thought his voice was for me. It was like the Bane effect. The slightly mechanized. Yeah, it was like it was this awkward voice to come out of such an imposing figure. It was a bit off putting, and you know, Bane in Batman had that odd. Well, we all voice. know Bane's voice. From yes, Batman. and the, the physically imposing and figure that he struck and then yeah, you're, you're waiting for him to be a machine like the way he's talking the way, and everything you're waiting for him to be like straight up another Darth Vader yeah which I like that counterpoint he's so obsessed with his grandfather to the point where he's got the helmet he's like I will finish what you started father I think he desperately wants to be Darth Vader that's why he's giving himself that mechanised voice through the helmet yeah as opposed to needing it for the whole respiratory thing. Yeah. I think it's a very deliberate tribute he's trying to pay to his grandfather. And he's, for me, it casts him very much as the petulant child. He's selfish, he's arrogant, he's self-centered, he wants it to all be about him. Well, I think he's everything Anakin Skywalker in the prequel should have been. Hmm. He's a lot closer to what I felt a young Anakin should have been more yeah. than... I had him! I had him! I for me, he's the middle child. Oh, he wants the attention. Maybe he, he is. The... Yeah, there is a good. But they didn't say he's our only child. He just says no. our son. Mm. See, there... I'm probably reaching that. But yeah, there's for me. Yeah, he's he played this character of this this brat who just wants attention, doesn't care if it's good or bad, and just yeah, when something doesn't go right, he trashes his computer. I love he, it. He's a teenager. <laughs> you you just know that he's got you know pictures of like. I don't know, Darth Vader up on his wall or you know, TK421. and <laughs> No, it's, it'd be um, be the girls, the dancing girls from Jabba's Palace. Yeah, sort of. and the cantina band. Well, there's a, really, there's a really interesting fan theory going around at the moment. I love these fan theories, but apparently it was it come up from a father that had just taken his kids to see the movie and watched it. And it was just, I don't normally pay a lot of attention to fan theories, but mm-hmm. you know, it's um, one of those things where you know, what if he is like? Because we can clearly see, like, he, right from the get go, we can see like once it's revealed who he is and like and that sort of petulant child thing that he's struggling with, you know, the influence of the light side, complete. Counterpoint to every other Jedi we've seen that's tackling the dark. With tackling the dark, John Love is a counterpoint. I think it's amazing. He's the flip. But what if he is actually doing everything as some as a wannabe Jedi? That you know the whole I'm going to complete your work is by finally taking down the last remnants of the dark side. The only um, way that he can do it is to cross over. I heard this theory. I think I've heard this because he's restoring the balance to the Force by basically becoming. He's yeah. still going to kill the rest of the Sith to mm-hmm. become the one Sith because it's got to be two. Oh. Yeah, there's got to be the two Sith and then the Fuck Jedi. Fuck off with your rule of two. Yeah, <laughs> but it's. But yeah, I it, heard this here. I think it does sort of. That he's deliberately it. turning to then bring him down. Yeah, and that's why he's had to do that thing with his father at the end. Because Han says to him, "Is there anything I can do to help what you?" What do I do? Yes. He's, he's like, you know, he's, that's why when Han touches his face, he's like, "Yeah, no, we're good." 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I heard that theory and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, and I mean, it, it's probably not likely to be the case, but as fan theories go, pretty yeah, cool. I, one I of the better ones I've read. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones out there and you think it's going to be hard for the writers because they're going to be, they must have already set, sat down and gone, this is what you want to do. Right, yeah, Kasdan's mapped it. But they're going to be hearing all these theories and it's sort of going to be hard for them to, not, to either go, well, I can't leave that in because people will be like, I called it. Or to not go, that's, that's, good. that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you think there's a lot of people out there who are quite creative and some of these ideas, like that's a really, like that That would be a massive flip. Like, could you imagine if that happens in, you know, Return of the Fourth Jedi? Return of the Fourth Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like getting back to sort of whereabouts in the movie we sort of gotten up to. The whole bit when uh, Finn, or as he was, FN1701 or whatever he was, wouldn't follow the orders. Phasma didn't lose a shit if she's like, right, you off to reconditioning. Yeah. Showing that these are real people and they've got a process in place for when that happens. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was cool and they just moved straight on with it. Yeah. And then he busts him out. He's like, I'm here with Luke Skywalker. I'm, like, Who, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. I'm here to rescue you. And then they ask, they even ask later on, it's like, is it the first time it's happened? No, it's not. It's, so it's obviously something that has happened before, and it's, yeah, it shows... It's supposed to the clones that just follow every order. Yeah, they're not docile, they are free-thinking. Mm. Like, as, as much as you can, you know, indoctrinate somebody to do something... They're, they're still, still going to have their own sense of self. So mm. it also brings into, um, to like, what sort of people they are. Yeah. But then, obviously, there's a lot of the Nazi yeah. imagery, but they always had that. Yeah. From, the, from the get-go, Darth Vader's helmet was based off... Of a German the, World War II thing. Yeah, mixed with the Samurai, which, you know, pretty much all of Star Wars ripped off from old Japanese movies. Good old George Lucas, and then lambasting this one for being ripped off from his. Well, you know, it's yeah. like that old crusty line, hey, that's my joke that I stole from. Yeah, you're stealing it from me, unless... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, it's like when we do the the fixing up of things, like I do with Screaming, we're going to do with the prequel trilogy. I stole that from Movie Maintenance, from Sam Smith Radio, and they stole it from someone else. So yeah. I, yeah, if anybody else does it, they're stealing it from us, <laughs> except Sam Smith Radio, because I stole it from them. <laughs> yeah. I already tweeted them, told them I'm going to steal it, and that's why, how I know they stole it from someone else. <laughs> it is... Yeah, as you said, like touching touching your point, which was that yeah, they have these systems, they have everything in place. They are a big organization, but they also they employ humans, and so they have their own. Oh, another Game of Thrones uh, cameo in that. Yeah, when they're stealing the Tie Fighter, the guy working at the control panel who turns around and says that basically that's not meant to be happening. Yep, happening. He's the to which you say no shit. Yeah, well. He was the guy who took um, Bran Stark and Hodo north of the wall. Oh, was he? That was him. The guy who looks suspiciously like Adam Banks from The Mighty Duck. You only see his face in passing in this, but, you know, it's another Game of Thrones cameo. And there was another one... because they filmed it in England. Yeah. There was, a, there was a female in there as well who was a prostitute in Game of Thrones. Oh, was she it? She has a one-off scene. It wasn't... No, it wasn't that one. It wasn't, wasn't Daenerys Targaryen? No, 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 no. Speaking of stormtroopers... Escape and landing and whatnot, and Poe suddenly disappears. How I just I love the interplay. A their bromance, I think, is awesome when they're in the shuttle. It's like, what's your name? FN two one FN whatever. No, I'm going to call you Finn. It, it reminds me of Mean Girls. No, I'm going to call you Cat anyway. Yeah, it's just yeah. And then they land, and then there's the awkward bromance between her and uh, between him and him and Ray. He's like, oh, I've got to step in and help her, and she's just fucking dudes up with a stick. It's like, oh, she got yeah, this. Yeah. She good, she good. <laughs> stop grabbing my hand. I was about to say, that the shit hits a fan that he grabs her, why are you holding my hand? Just went, stop grabbing my hand. But I'll tell you what though, when they were running towards the little quad blast or whatever the thing was, the, what about that ship? No, that's rubbish. I'm like, well, that'll be the Falcon. And there's like, okay, the rubbish ship, big reveal of the Falcon, didn't mean I didn't go, 
<laughs> to be honest, I didn't call that. I really? Was just, no, I was just thinking Junkers. I wasn't even thinking about the Falcon at that point. No, I'd seen the Falcon flying through that desert. I'm like, that'll be the Falcon. Then I turn and there's a Falcon. Yeah. Mind you, I did yell at the screen. Um, <laughs> 12 parsecs. Yep. Where he said, was this the ship that done the, the Kessel Run in 14 parsecs? 12! And then I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend had a big laugh at me because I yelled <laughs> at the same time the Han did. <laughs> and I started to mutter after it at the same time the Han did. Yeah. Yeah, so. But I tell you, my, that flight through through the Star Destroyers is probably my favourite sequence of the film. Other than maybe the X-Wings on Mars's planet. Yeah. One of those two sequences is my favourite and I can't decide. But I do like me some space flying. What about the um, the Stormtrooper with the big thwomping device? Oh, not so much. Because he just goes, Whoa, I'm a thwomper, thwomper, thwomper. And then Finn's just like, no, you're not. <coughs> Chest. You see, that, I was just, I don't know. I don't know how I took that. See, to me, that throws back to Raiders. Mm. When he's like, sword, 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 sword. <laughs> I'm sorry. And he's like, I don't have time for this. Bang. Bang. And he's like, fuck you. Well, it's just, I don't know, like, it, the big Tomfer, electrified Tomfer, and, like, them with the flamethrowers and stuff like that as well. I was like, okay, this is different. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's, I don't know, for me, a flamethrower seemed like such a primitive weapon for mm. them. you think they'd have... A, Plasma cannon or, or something. something like that. So a flamethrower was very much... I, I understand, once again, the uh, Nazi imagery. <laughs> so nothing is more, you know, evocative of that than a guy in, you know, that slick-looking uniform shooting flame everywhere. Yep. But then, yeah, it comes out with a giant electromagnetic Tomfer thing. Bat and fucking swinging fucking... Well, it, it kind of throws back... Like, to me, a lot of that looked like... You know, a lot of the games where you had your shock troopers and your and your this and that's that. sort of yeah. I was and surprised. It's a bit of a throwback to that, to me, which I mean, haven't played a lot of the, the Star Wars games, particularly like your Battlefronts. I've I've just started playing mm. the new Battlefront. I'm less enthused for that than I am for the movie. Um, but just the idea of the different types of troopers and that sort of thing. It, yeah. it, I thought that, I always thought that was really cool. I thought it was sort of like it was a little bit iffy just to see that one there. But it does sort of make sense as well because they've sort of it's just... a very specialised bit of equipment. Yeah. But also, I think they might be hinting at... Because in, you know, the extended universe and stuff like that, there was the guy, the troopers who were basically designed to take down Jedi. Yeah. And their weapons could deflect a lightsaber. They weren't... Like, they were force-sensitive, They were just, but they were really, really good fighters. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what they were sort of half here, but they didn't mention it too much. And it seemed just weird that there was just this one guy there yeah, I'm um, here's my, my time to shine, baby. Yeah, and everybody else sort of cleared out when you think a stormtrooper would just go, hey, bang. I mean, they'd miss, but, you know, <laughs> they'd at least have a crack at it. So, I, I don't know, it just seemed weird that all of a sudden this place that was overrun with stormtroopers just sort of emptied out. Yeah. For this one little, I, I mean, it does happen in most movies and battle scenes, yeah. you know, they eye each other across the battlefield and whatnot. And, and you fucking come here. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, you'd almost expect to be there. You, you'd almost look at it as like a rank thing. So like you'd have your phasma. Yeah. You'd have your say three platoons, and each one of those platoons has maybe got you know one of them as like the as the the, the platoon or like the yeah. big gun or whatever. Yeah. Um, or you would have just a complete division of those. Yeah. It, it, it seemed not just one. Not just one. Just who's sort of there on his own. Yeah. You think like if he was had you know a couple of buddies with him. Like, fair enough. Like, that would make a little bit more sense as well. Like, you know, have your mixed units and stuff like that. So, I, I don't know. It just it seemed very stuck in there. I mean, it was still a good scene. I still liked it, and I thought it looked great. But, yeah, it just sort of was, was a bit of a, 
a thumbtack in the the scene. Like it felt it was, a little bit tacked on. Yeah, felt felt very it stuck out in not necessarily a good way. A bit like a, bad way. a bit like the monster things that Han was transporting. Yeah, like it, it was probably felt like it was not necessary, but it was there, and you, yeah, it's not, it doesn't really detract from it, but it's, no. yeah, it doesn't do anything to add to it. Yeah. We're just really only just mentioning it because you know. Winners, and that's, that's, that's what we do. That's right. <laughs> Tell you what, I did get a little emotional when Han first stepped back on the on the Falcon doing his thing. I'm like, oh, Han Solo on the Falcon for the first time in 30 plus years. Thank you. When I saw the the trailer, goosebumps. goosebumps I, I avoided friend. everything. It was great. Yeah, I had the the big goosebumps. My girlfriend cried. <laughs> um, yeah, it was to see that you know, for, for something like you know, we guys we grew up with these movies, mm-hmm. and you know, Han was like our drunk uncle. He really was. He, he's a. I had a drunk uncle. He wasn't as cool as Han. Okay. Well, he, he's the uncle that your parents probably don't want you to hang out with. Yeah. But that, if you're sitting there talking to him at a family gathering, they're keeping an eye on you. Yep. To make sure he's not giving you, you know, a packet of cigarettes or something. <laughs> Which I wouldn't put past Han Solo at all. Not at all. Especially if you gave him money. That too. Um, but yeah, that whole sequence we've we've covered that whole sort of bit. Mars's place with the still getting. <laughs> that this was where the CG got me. Her? No, her. She was a little bit okay. Yeah, I was a bit iffy. She was very cartoony, but her palace or her her, her temple her thing. Place, yeah, yeah. When the when the um, statue topple, it looked exactly like the emperor toppling yep. in the added scene in Jedi. Yeah, I thought it just looked. Tacky looked, I don't know, it, it felt like it was just out of place for the surroundings, which are all very natural, you know, it was all by, yeah, it was basically yeah, Hogwarts, and um, and yeah, it felt, I don't know, when I was watching that, I'm like, okay, this is, that was the only CG that really got me in the movie, besides those aliens, yeah, um, but yeah, that's where it sort of got me, but yeah, Maz was very CG'd. I was. I thought after the whole Simon Pegg daughter thing, yeah, that she would have been a real a real dummy. I guess because what she had to do, time and budget, I dare say. Yeah, but what she had to do, like crawling across the table and stuff like that. Han Solo. I love his reaction. Hi, Mars. Yeah, because <laughs> you know they've got history. Yeah, it was. I would have liked to see more of that history. I would like to to hear sort of why he wanted to keep the low profile, and then she's just greets him like a friend. Yeah. Because I was... Ex- when he said that... Well, to me, that just reeks of him having swindled... Like they say, one of the, the guys that... Not Daniel Radcliffe comes onto the onto the freighter and he's like, there's no one left in the galaxy for you to swindle. And so it, he's probably had dealings with all these people, including... Fuck it, I'm sure that's Ventress. Yes. I'm 100% that that chick is supposed to... It's either, it's either going to turn out to be a size Ventress or it's a very deliberate tip of the hat. I think it's a tip of the hat. Just from what I've just from what I read, I flicked through the the cast to yeah. bits and pieces and spotted the name and location of that person. I can't think of it off the top of my head, yeah. but it definitely was not Ventress. I know. I don't. I think that's going to be a reveal later. Could be. I'm going to call that as early, like when I call Han's death. Well, they could could well do. Or, you know, it's not uncommon for. Well, Ben Solo was never listed as Ben Solo anyway. It was Kylo Ren the whole time. True. And they they do have a habit of going back and. Changing it for oh, the next release, so mm. well, you know, Star Wars never had Episode Four, <sighs> and no blinking Ewoks and Han shot first. I was waiting for a reference to that. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to shoot and Han to shoot at the same time. Hey, I shot first. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it they were trying. They could have been so cruel to to, to what came before, but but obviously weren't. 
Um, there was a line at the start that um, Emperor Ming says, which is, hmm. uh, we're right to write all the things that came before us. Yeah. Um, and some people are perceiving that as a direct insult to the prequels. I don't think anybody's taking offence at it. George Lucas is. Yeah. Um, you know what? George did that. George made those movies. Yeah. He brought, like, for the prequels and all the extra bits that he kept adding to and changing in the Holy Trilogy. Yeah. Holy Trilogy. That's, you know, realistically, you've got your $4 billion, George. Shut up. You brought it on yourself. Oh, yeah. You can understand, like, he's... He's thinking, like, it was his creation and stuff like that. But the more that comes out about how he hadn't... Basically hadn't had it all planned. He's stolen it from other movies. And then just winged it as he went. Yeah. It's like he didn't And really he did very little it. of the actual work anyway. No. He, he wrote the first one. Lawrence Kasdan wrote Empire and Jedi. He was just the executive producer that created the overall world and story. And that's where George's talents lie. He wasn't even the director. It was, um... No. Um... Um... Come on. <laughs> I was talking about him yesterday. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Move Starts on. with a K. Probably. No, his last name. You're not thinking of Lawrence Kasdan, the writer. No, 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 no. No, no, the director. So people are now screaming into their earphones, it's this director. I'm, like, I'm sorry. I mean, it is... Insert, edit, he. I'm not going to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would just end up sounding like Mr. Black. <laughs> <laughs> just edit in with something ridiculous like Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Michael Bay, you know there weren't enough explosions. Um, <laughs> I was surprised with the the lack of J.J. Abrams uh, lens, lens flare. There was one. There was one, and it was off in the corner. And it was it was for me that was a him sitting there with his finger over the button. You oh, let me do it. Let me do it. I can do it. And Kaz is there going, oh, do you have to? <laughs> and you, you know, I just picture him doing it like an naughty child, just <laughs> <laughs> yes. don't touch the button. <laughs> but he's he's just looking at it, basically waiting for the fans. If you shit on this. I will fuck your movies. Yeah, but he didn't. Um, he didn't. No. Yeah, that that oh, battle God. once once the first order turn up, fucking shit up, and then Han sees his son from a distance. And I love that he didn't shy away from that. First conversation he has with big cartoon character Gollum guy. Yeah, your father. You know Han Solo. I that bit got me. I mean, the CG on Gollum's character anyway was he looks like a cartoon character, but I think he's going to be a very little. He'll be a tiny yep. character. He'll be he'll turn out to be Warwick Davis. This is what we were saying the other day. Yeah. I think he's going to be Yoda. Yeah, Yoda, Yoda, Yoda size, size. That sort of scale. And then the fact that he's on, he's on, she's now on the Millennium Falcon with your father. They could have just left it at that, but then to go Han Solo, and he's like, <laughs> for those not oh. paying attention, for those, are, for those don't remember, the only human old enough to be his father on the Falcon is Han. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when Han sees his son, he has that look. He's like, oh, that's my boy. Uh, for me, that made what made that scene was Chewie's reaction when he saw him. Or when, you know, Kylo does the swing At the end. And the way Chewie reacts to it. Chewie goes with his nose screaming. Yeah. And then he has his little paws. Then he cuts sick. Yeah. He sort of roars, thinks about it. Fuck ya. Boom, 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 boom. Click. Boom. Well, it was like his reaction when he got frozen in the carbonite. And how can you get so much emotion out of a jackpile rug? (laughs) They found a way. Well, they did it with the droid. They did it with the stormtrooper with his helmet on. I think it's a testament to like. Don't get me wrong. Like I've come out before and said I don't think Jumbo uh, Boyega. Yeah, Finn is. Um, I don't, I didn't think he was the greatest actor. We haven't I, we haven't touched on that yet. I thought he was quite stiff. Um, he was very. I don't know. He didn't. Act, he felt very 
Yeah, he didn't feel natural. You don't want to say black, but you want to say black? Well, stereotypical black guy in the movie. Did you see that? Now, did you see that? For that, that was, that, okay, that got me, but, you know, he wooed when he, when he shot. Yeah. Han did that too. Yeah. But then when he was actually trying to act, he felt very, he felt like a pro wrestler. The, oh, way, yeah. the way he was acting was very stiff. It was, everybody else sort of felt natural and they felt comfortable. It was like he was he was the one who was being crushed by the this is Star Wars, I am in Star Wars. What if that was a deliberate choice? Because what you're saying of oh my god, this is Star Wars, this is oh my god, I'm finally free of the first order. Yeah. And just the way he was he was acting just didn't feel yeah, it felt like a pro wrestler acting, mm-hmm. which, as we all know, isn't exactly... It's a step above Paul. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I can definitely see why, you like, where you would come to that conclusion from. I think he was fine. I had no mm-hmm. problem with it because of that point I've just made of what if just him being overwhelmed. Absolutely see exactly where you're coming from. I disagree, but I can, yeah, definitely see the point you're making. But I think a lot of it as well is we're being picky because we can. It's, you know... Nerds, that's what we do. <laughs> Name the show, the Nerd Corner. This is kind of <laughs> what we do. But um, I felt he was more emotional with the helmet on. Uh, he showed more... He's more emotive. Yeah, more... The, yeah, emotive. Yeah, he had to do more with less. Yeah, and I felt like he actually used his body more, body language more, whereas yep. when, he, when he was out of the suit, he tried to rely on his, his facial expressions. facials, which didn't seem to, to move too yeah. well. Um, but yeah, he's, I think his interaction with BB-8 was great. Yep. Well, that that, that, that that's probably his best thing in the whole film. Yeah, that, oh, that was definitely the best thing. Showing up with the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> and the little thumbs up. Like a <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, yeah, he was... Like, when I watched it the second time, he didn't bother me anywhere near as much. I yeah. still feel acting. Because you had some serious issues with Ray first time around, but not so much second. Yeah, well, she was... To begin with, she should have been... From the get-go, I'm like... I, I don't know, I think because I just went in there, I saw Desert Planet, I saw basically Natalie Portman, I'm thinking, here we go. Ah, we're going to Naboo, aren't we? I thought, no. cool. We're going to wherever the hell, because then the general lands and he's Leia. Yeah, so that... I, I, you changed your hair. Same jacket. Different jacket. <laughs> I love that. I love the way they interacted with each other, um, Han and Leia. I thought it was just... It was, It was to what I sort of would put it down to, it was a very natural, awkward, yeah. you know, separated couple. It, yeah. was, it, it wasn't that they hated each other. It was clear that there was still a lot of love there, but they'd been separated and it was awkward. Yeah. And, and when, when they it, did it really well. And once it turned out that it was this, the turning of their son... Which drove Han back to smuggling and Leia to just dive headfirst into being the leader of the resistance. Yeah. As both of their various coping mechanisms. I think that was a very, very subtly played story. Mm. I, I think it was, it was. With that, it was less is more, and I think it worked really well. Yeah. yeah. As, as you said, uh, it was that whole, you know, there's still a lot of love there. Yeah. And it was, it was sort of like they left due to circumstance, not because they hated each other. Yeah. Um, but I think when it comes to the Han and Leia relationship, it was never one that was going to work. No, well, it was, yeah, well, obviously Han's solo. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that just reminded me of, um, have you seen the Twitter page, the emo Kylo Ren? No. And then, then there's uh, Really Lonely Luke. Oh. <laughs> really Lonely Luke sent out a tweet, and this is fucking amazing. It is Han Solo, he's always with Chewbacca. It should be Han Duo. I should be Luke Solo. <laughs> it's just, if you get a chance, check out Lonely Luke, uh, Lonely yeah, very a really lonely Luke Twitter. It is hilarious. 
Uh, I was going to bring it up and read out yeah, some of the tweets, but some of them are fucking amazing. They're just some of you sit there and go, oh, that's quite depressing. Oh, and you just laugh your ass off. They're fucking brilliant. Emo Kylo Ren as yep. well is amazing. And it's exactly what you'd imagine he would do if he had a Twitter account. <laughs> because he's so, look at me, I want attention. Yeah, yeah, he's at your wing. Yeah. Uh, I think if I've got any criticism of the film, it's that. I said, search for Skywalker, but there was no search for Skywalker. It's like, here's the bit, here's the map bit. Oh, R2's been powered down the whole time. Don't mention that in the tweets. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> R2's been powered down the whole time and he may never be functional again. Suddenly, here we go, R2X fucking Machina. Yeah, everything, you know, you get through that bit, you get through... You the know, chunk of the film we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, that we're, we're going to get to. So you get through all of that, and then all of a sudden, droid powers up. Oh, we have our completed map. Let's go. We'll, yeah, I think we should probably take a step back. And Yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to that, because I've got some points to make on that in a sec. Yeah. So then we then we go to the briefing, and we see Admiral Akbar. It's a goddamn trap. Oh, I was so excited. He, I was just like, yeah, there's Admiral Akbar not leading the fleet anymore. He's in mission control with the general. Yep. I was all for it. And then, oh... The Top Gun moment when Poe and, po and Finn. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, overall, the last sort of chunk of the film, I did like, though, that um, she was never the damsel in distress. She was, taken, oh, no. she was taken prisoner, but she escaped on her own doing the Jedi mind trick to James Bond. Yep. Which, Which I, had, of, I had no idea about until you no, told me about it later. A lot of people shut all over that. Was like, oh, she went from having no idea if the Force was real to suddenly being a Jedi master. Get fucked. She failed. Like she, she tried failed a couple of times at it. Yeah, and she had to really sit and focus on it. Like yeah. it's like first of all, it was like I'm going to ignore you, and the next minute, it's like the first time he's like, he what? pissed me off. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to let you out. Oh, and you're going to leave your gun, man. I'm going to leave my gun. <laughs> I did like that when Kylo Ren just up, starts winging the shit ass out of the room. Two stormtroopers come around the corner here, they're going to turn around again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice touch. It was, it, it very much led to the fact that they're used to this guy having temper tantrums, yeah. and they just turn around and walk away, let him do what he's got to do. Yeah. Or, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Don't walk fast, you'll see us. And we... The fall can come and... <laughs> they've got a nano-disruptor thing that means anything travelling less than light speed's going to get knocked out. You mean we're entering the atmosphere at light speed? Yep, I got this. <laughs> and then they did. You got some tweets? I couldn't find the one I was looking for. Nah. There's a lot of them. I bet there are. Yeah. But some... yeah that, that the Falcon crash was good. And that, that whole sequence with them doing the Jedi thing, like in the end of Jedi, infiltrating the base to knock out the shield. What were you in? Sanitation. Yep. Before he went to active duty. Loved it. That, <laughs> that answers everything. And then, like I said before, what do you mean you're cold? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I liked the, the humour. Like Everybody was funny, but it was like that subtle humour like was in the Holy Trilogy, not yeah. the forced humour from the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like that. It's very cold. Or oh, we can do this. We'll use the force. He just looks at him. That's not how this works. It's, it was good. It wasn't overly slapstick. Yeah. They, it was just, yeah, that sort of good back and forth. It was the, it's people's reactions to things is what makes Star Wars funny. Yeah. And mostly in the original trilogy, was Han going, What? I'm so out of my depth. <laughs> And oh, he, he, a couple of bits where he's running through the snow or the roof, you could see, oh, oh, I wouldn't have been at all surprised if I'm too old for this. Yeah. Because <laughs> he definitely had those couple of moments. Somebody mentioned the punch that he threw when he was on the, on the freighter. 
and he's running along and he gives that big punch oh. and they're like, oh, he's so old and blah, blah, blah. But fair enough, yeah, man, he's 70, 70. 72 or something. 72, and it was a big wind-up punch, but look at the punches that were thrown in the other ones. Look at these ones that he threw in Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's the same. It's the Harrison Ford punch. Yeah, it's that old-school movie punch. It's the big wind-up. It's overly accentuated. It's just the fact that he has a lot more grays than what he did before. Yes. But no, he was, yeah. Was... I Yeah, I thought he was, he was great. It sucks that he's gone. But it did progress the story. But look, that whole sequence from the second he yes, from the second Leia says, "Bring our son back here." Oh, honey, no, yeah, ain't coming back. But yeah, no, from when he when he sees him and steps out on the bridge, you go, "Ben," which was a great moment where he uses his first name, like father. Okay, you knew he wasn't stepping back off that bridge. No, and he stepped up to him, was like, "Oh, he's gonna turn. He's gonna turn swing." Especially when he was on a big, big bridge yeah. over a big empty space. Yeah. And there wasn't much of a guard railing. No, or any of it. There was more guard railing in the Cloud City one. Yeah. See, what is with this empire and not yeah. using guard railings? Yeah, well, well, they're clearly not putting the, the saved guard rail money into the armor production. No. Well, they might be, because. Yeah. They deflected a couple. They didn't fall, in, they weren't anywhere near as paper soldiers as they were in the original trilogy. No, that's uh, true. But yeah, oh, yeah. Did Ray actually shoot any of them? Yeah, I think she did with her little. She never had a winger. She never had a blaster. No, she, she did. Han gave it to her. It was this little? Oh, he did too. Yeah, looked like a little. Um, do you know how to use this? Click, click. You got to load it. Uh safety, safety. <laughs> I did like that. And then Han using the bowcaster. Oh, first time we've seen the bowcaster actually fired. Doesn't fire it in Jedi. He carries it around, but he doesn't use it. Okay. Yep, no, he's like, oh, I don't like this. I remember, I know, I remember I you know, saying that, and I'm still, I'm racking my brain because I swore he shot it, but then... I'm confident that he didn't. People, feel free to email me or tweet me to correct me, but I'm confident he never actually fired it off. I have to watch it again. If I have to go back and watch Return of the Jedi, I guess I'll have to take one for the team. The things we do. I know, right? Uh, I guess I'll have to watch, you know, the whole Holy Trilogy just to get the build up. Just in case, oh, just in case he fires in one of the other two. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't could, even have it. He could, he could fire it off in, in Hope. In yeah, that was, I still remember when I first saw Jedi and he's got the bow and I'm like, Where'd that what? come from? What the hell is that? And then it turns then, up in the prequels. Yeah, then you see it in episode seven and it's like, it will fuck shit up. But it turns up in the prequels, disappears when he probably could have used it during Hope and Empire. Yeah, that's back in Jedi. Then it's back, and it's like, well, that's another consistent continuity error by uh-huh. um, prequels. <laughs> Sorry. This is not prequel fixing. We'll get to that. Um, where are we at? Death of Han Solo. I was not at all surprised. No, not at all. I was surprised that they revealed him being... The son? The son so quickly. I, I thought that was going to be a second or third movie I'm, reveal. I was surprised... But I was okay with it. Oh, Here's yeah. the big reveal that you all thought you were going to have to wait for. That's out the way. That shit's all done. Yeah. Gives us room now for two more movies to, to bring in some other sort of reveal. Yeah. Off, off the Ray Skywalker. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. But that whole... I did like the space battle. Like you said, trench run, skip across to everything that's happening with Han and the guys. And then that's all done. And, oh, we've already done the kill shot on Starkiller and we're out of there. Yeah. The sequence after that when they're all... When they're kicking ass in the... In the forest, which is where a lot of the Ray with the lightsaber controversy comes from. Yeah, see, so I... You can, you can poke holes in almost immediately. Yeah. I think it was... For well... a start... Sorry. Kylo Ren got shot in the guts. Chewie hit him 
with that bow caster in the stomach. Yeah, because he's punching it. Yeah, and it was bleeding everywhere. He wasn't... What I took out of that, and maybe I'm off, off base a little bit, but what I took... He wasn't actually punching himself in the wound. He's punching himself in another location, taking the focus off that pain, re- shifting it somewhere else to sort of keep his focus. He's doing it as almost like a... Like a, like a war drum type thing. Yeah. Like, for me, I thought it was like when you see fighters, like they're getting, you know, pretty bad at it, and they actually punch themselves in the face again, sort of a big come on then, keep going. Yeah. It, that's it, what it, I thought it was. It's an, it's an intimidate, it's a, it's a refocus, it's, it's a, that's what I took out of it. Mm. Not that he was punching himself in the wound, he was actually shifting. He was definitely focus. hitting near it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think if that's what they were trying to do, it was probably a little too close. But yeah. I think, yeah, he took because to me, when he got shot, it almost looks like he got shot in the groin or to the upper leg, and he was hitting himself in the stomach. Well, like, see, I thought it was very much on the side of the ribs where he was hitting, but I mean, could he could but, be wrong? Oh, yeah, like he, was, he was hitting. Yeah, no, no, no like the, I'm sure that blaster hit. Pretty close to where it was in because that's where the blood was falling from. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, moot point. Well, Kylo, it's obvious because, you know, he's not. You look at his lightsaber and it was a very incomplete one. Yeah. It shows that he is not as big on the whole lightsaber thing. Yeah, because he uses a lot, of the, like, a lot of different force powers, like doing the mind meld to extract it from people. Yeah. I love it when he loses his nut when he can't get anything out of Ray. Yeah. So for me, this was. It's another thing that he's not a good fighter. He's very much. He's a he's very much the Sith equivalent of a Padawan. He's yeah. the apprentice. Yeah, and he's, he and he's Snoke a, said, "Come and finish your training." Well, and because he, he's he's not he's obviously not like good at fight. Like you know, he likes to posture and stuff like that. But when somebody challenges him, he sort of shrinks away. Yeah, he's that he's that YouTube clip where the two the two brothers are playing table tennis. Yeah, and the little brother loses his shit, chucks the paddle. The big brother goes, "All right, let's go." And then the little guy screams and cries and hides under the table. Uh, he seems, That's he, what he is. Because he's he's not, he's, as far as he's concerned, the Jedi are extinct. He wiped the life. He killed them all. He's now carried around this big, fuck-off, scary, intimidating, great saber-looking thing. Yeah. Which, as you sort of said, is very imperfect. Yeah. It, it's flawed. Like, the, the, the blade itself has that crackling and pulsing. It's not a clean blade like we're used to. It's... It, it almost it's shuddering. It's almost like it's got a chipped crystal or something. Yeah, it. which it may well have. And the and the hilt doesn't look like it's at all finished and complete. Mm. But, you know, I like what they did with the lightsabers because it's got when it because we got oversaturated with lightsabers in the prequels. Yeah, and in, but in this one, it is his which goes it makes like a roaring sound. And then when Finn finally activates, like when he activates Luke's saber, it comes on with a hum, and it's you're intimidated with that one. Yeah, it's like wow. You will find I love, gotta love um, Ray, um, Ren's reaction. That belongs to me. Come and get it. Yep. And another thing as well is obviously like Finn is he's been fighting his whole life. He, he's, he's, he's trained, trained to he's, fight. He's a trained soldier. Yeah, he's been indoctrinated since day dot. And it looks like Ren with the we touched on earlier was with his powers. He's not focused so much on saber his, combat. Yeah. Because he hasn't had to be. No, well, he's, his thing is controlling minds or, you know, yeah. basically being a cruel bastard. Oh, and lead by intimidation as opposed to by doing. Yeah. It oh. comes down to the old break. Like, um, a lot of the games and stuff do your breakdown of the different types of Jedi and the different types of Sith. Yeah. You've got 
you're essentially your Sith Lord, which is all about domination and force powers and very little lightsaber combat. That's yeah. very much what he is. You've got your Duelist, which is very much your Darth Maul or your, um, your, your Qui-Gon. Adventurous sort of types. Yeah. And then you've got your Balanced, where they do a little... Your Obi-Wans and your, exactly, your Luke's right. and such. And yeah, he's very much a Lord. Like, his focus is always because he had hasn't had to have that combat training because he's such mm. dominant like just it just he can catch and hold laser beams yeah yeah i think as well it's just that i think he's just a shit fighter yeah and that's why he he does what he does like he's he focused his, yeah he, he uses you know his mind and his cunning and his you know deception basically to to fight and to win because he can't physically match it. Like, he, you look at him as well, physically, he's not... He's not a big dude. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Even though the guy who played him was actually a US Marine. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah, right. He is legitimately probably the most badass guy in that film, even though he looks like... A Jonas know, brother. It's yeah. the hair. It's all in the hair and, the, and yeah. The giant schnoz. That too. And he is. <laughs> he looks like Nigel Thornbridge. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's Nigel Jonas, let's be honest. But uh, when he... And he's and to Finn's credit, being that trained soldier, he holds his own against a dark Jedi or whatever he is for a little while. Yeah, gets a couple of couple of hits in, and then gets the lightsaber up the back, which I think is a very nice way of doing that sort of empire ending with his future being in, in question. <laughs> Anakin slash Luke's lightsaber lands in the snow. He puts his hand out to catch it. Fucker doesn't move. Oh, so good. And then it just goes flying past his head, which was so much more effective in three D. And she just catches it. And he, she just gives him this look of, oh, son, just don't. <laughs> and then she wings it, and then... I, I honestly think that if that earthquake hadn't happened and the rift hadn't happened between them, he would have killed her. He would have eventually used his better knowledge of the Force and whatnot to beat her. I, because everyone was like, oh, she beat him. No, she didn't. She lasted long enough to get away. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, I think, honestly, if that hadn't happened, he would have killed her. Well, he got clocked in the face with a lightsaber. Yeah. Which led me to my... Another... He was already out theory. shot and hit and all sorts of fucking whatever. Well, I, I just, I think I might have told you, but I don't know. He got clocked in the face with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Snoke has a giant scar down the side of his head. Mm-hmm. What if they're going to go down the time travel route? They won't do time. I hope they don't. But there was like, what if, uh, what if Snoke is actually Ren talking to past him? Nah, it's all like you know, that's silly. But you know, theories. Th- there's. Theories. That, that's that's my you know one that I even I don't even yeah. think is a possibility. But you know it was like hey maybe they could. That is, that's a big something different. Something different. I don't think they'll do time. I don't think they will. I hope they don't do time. They, they shouldn't. Um, unless it's going to be the Doctor. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Tardis just turns up on the Death Star. You know, <laughs> David Tennant steps out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, David Tennant steps out, Alonzi, and off they go. Yeah. I, I'd pay good money to see that. There's a fanfic right there. So then, that's all, all shenanigan, and Chewie turns up with the fucking Falcon looking the most badass that it's ever looked when it comes up out of that smoke with the lights Man. on. And, and then she takes a spot as... Yeah. It was pretty sad to see the Falcon being piloted just by him. I think that was deliberate. It was, it was like, oh, good this spot. Do you know what I like, though? Yes, he was in that seat when he had to be, but when they fuck off to go and find Luke on Not Dagobah, Gets back in. he's back in the co-pilot seat, and she takes the pilot seat. Yeah. I'm okay with that. So that's another thing that made me think that she's possibly Han's daughter. 
because the way he's just moved aside and let that's Han's chair. Han's daughter. Maybe. I look I'm it's I'm the, torn between who she belongs to for yeah. for all these reasons. And I think it's good it's a good thing that they've done. Because they could have just telegraphed him off Solo's daughter for sure or and um, well, she's going to be Anakin's granddaughter, um, Luke's daughter. Either way, and they haven't. There's all these questions. I think it's amazing that they've done that. Well, I, I think because another thing not, was it's not prequel. They don't have to stick to story. Well, another thing was you know how they leave. She's been left on the planet to wait for somebody. Yep. What if it was Leia doing what she had to do for the Resistance by leaving her on that planet to keep her away? Basically, what they done with um, the, the twins. Skull twins to keep her away, keep them away from Anakin. Separate them. Separate them put her out and nobody's going to know who she is why she's there or whatever there's going to be no obviously the imperial um occupation there isn't there anymore because it's all been destroyed yep well that'd be an interesting way you could actually tie it all back into legends universe with jane Jason and anakin hmm. that was the solo's three children anakin was the third the youngest what if ben was just a pet name for Anakin, and he actually is the younger son, and the twins still exist. Possible. If you wanted to bring in Legends Universe, they could... It's entirely possible. Because I thought they were going to do the Jason and Jaina, just different names. So, yeah. It's that, still that possible. Could, that could well be. He is the... the or... said, the petulant... Or she's the youngest, because she seems to be younger than him. Hmm. So she could be the youngest, and there could be... I don't think they'll bring in a third sibling. Yeah. Because they seem to be all about the dualities in these films, but it's entirely possible. I think we've all got the same qualm about the very end of the film. Oh, yeah. The very end, when we find when we find old man Luke, she holds the lightsaber out, cut the credits. I loved it. Uh, no. <laughs> no. The hand should have gone out, the lightsaber should have flown across to his, and he should have caught it. Well, yeah, maybe does, not just... that, ignite or don't ignite. No, no, no just catch that, it. Yeah, just, well, just the catch. I think he doesn't want it. I personally think he doesn't want that, because he gave it away. He didn't well, give it away, it got... It was in his hand when it got cut off. I mean, he gave away the Jedi. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah once, he, he's, once Kylo turned and killed... He sort of called it quits. Um, so I, I think maybe he's just focusing just on another... Being side a hobo. Or, I think not so much being, the as as you said, the the duelist and stuff like that. I think he's focusing on... Being the being, one with the force, like being Yoda, Qui Gon, Obi Wan. Yeah, I think he's sort of um, he, he doesn't want the lightsaber. I think he just he's giving the lightsaber. Well, as you say, he didn't give it away because his hand got chopped off. Yeah, but he's 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 taking a different approach to the force. He's taking like Yoda style. He's doing that thing that Qui Gon was teaching them as the ghost. Yeah, I think just as an acknowledgement, though, whether or not he wants it, like she's there holding it for so long. And he's just sort of staring it out. And I think even just to sort of go, well, well, you found me. Give me that. Let me look at it. Yeah, I think an, I think another one is, as well, like it leads that big, what is he going to say? That's a big cliffhanger. Yeah. Like nobody knows he's going to say, my daughter, or... So you've found me, or... Yeah. Or as if, I, if, if episode eight doesn't open with that conversation, people are going to fucking riot. Well, and I still, I still was thinking, like the, the rocky outcrop that I think is a grave, I still think it could be if it is Mara Jade. Yeah, if she's his daughter, then that, the that is the mother's grave. Yeah, and that's why he's there. He buried her body there, and that's why he's there. Because if Luke's as all powerful as 
he's supposed to be, he just sensed her coming a fucking light year away. Oh, yeah. Well, I think there's another good he point that's been raised over the, reactive, the convenient timing of the reactivation of R2. I think Luke has sensed Han's death, sent a signal to R2 to, it's time for... That explains the sort of R2X machina of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think that'll be explained later. Yeah. Or, or they just won't. Uh, you probably even say, I knew you were going to come, or I saw you coming. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was obvious that he has, with his abilities that Luke has, he can see into the future quite well. Yeah. Um, you know, he saw it when he was just training to be a Jedi on yeah. Dagobah. He knew what was going to happen. Yep. And so obviously he he's probably gone back to try to concentrate on that so we can see... To one of the very first Jedi temples, as they say. Yeah. To get back in touch and to focus on his strength so he can sort of see what happens or what needs to be done or... Because we know the the power level he was at at the end of Jedi. Mm -hmm. We know he has progressed to being a full-blown Jedi master and... And he was leading the Jedi Order. Yeah. Rebuilding the fucker. So... That's why even Leia says that's why we sent him to train with Luke. So we know that he's just gone from strength to strength. He's... He's probably surpassed what Obi-Wan would have been at, what, you know, what probably would have surpassed what um, Palpatine would have been at. Hmm. at, at I'm glad you said Palpatine and not Yoda. I was waiting for you to say Yoda and I was (laughs) going to be like, no. (laughs) No, Yoda had 400 years. 900 years. So there's, Luke couldn't live that long. Um, He could have a lot of many chlorines. <laughs> his father was conceived by them, so you know. Well, he could be getting like metachlorine injections. It's like performance enhancing drugs for Jedi. <laughs> Do they have the ASDA for Jedi's? I doubt it. There's, there's nothing there's one. The space SDA. <laughs> so yeah, do they get like the space out, SDA? <laughs> do they get like out, out of rebel testing or something? Like before they do a trench run, they get they have to do a pee, pee in this cup and then get tested. It's like. I'd like that there was diversity amongst the X-Wing pilots. <laughs> there was the aliens and girls and the fat guy from Heroes. Yeah, I was happy there was a fat guy. Because, you know, you needed your Portkins. Well, see, I, cause I thought, when I saw him flying the X-Wing, I thought that was Kevin Smith. Because, <laughs> no, Smith was on set. Yeah. Just hanging out. I thought that was going to be him as a cameo as an X-Wing pilot. Oh, that would be good. But then I looked at it a second time, like, when he'd come back through, and it was the guy from Heroes. That's where the uh, the other Game of Thrones star was. She was the female X-ray pilot. Was the Asian girl possibly, or the Asian-y looking? Yeah, the, apparently I think that's what it was. That rings a bell. Okay, good talk. Sorry, okay, yeah. I'm going to get back now. No, no, that's fine. Because yeah. I've only watched sort of a season and a half of Game of Thrones, and you haven't watched any of it. Yeah, it's completely lost. Yeah. Um, I really want Rogue One to have a mention to Portkins, but being skinny. <laughs> And we just have him eating more, eating all the time. It's not wedge Antilles. Yes, I think there was a there was very much a wedge Antilles sized hole in this film. He'll be a very big part of Rogue One. I, I just wanted to see. I, I would really love to see you know really skinny Borkins and go just have him eating just all the time. <laughs> and I say that's not going to make you fat. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm all right. I'll work out. <laughs> You eat so much and don't gain a pound. <laughs> yeah. Your metabolism is going to catch up to you one day, Paul Kitts. I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, first metabolism. But yeah, no, there was very much a um, Dennis, what's his name, size hole in that film. Poe Dameron is Wedge Antilles. Oh, he's yeah. new, he's Wedge Han 
yeah. and meld it together. He'll absolutely be that. I, I would love to see a return of Wedge Antilles in episode eight. Yeah. Because it was the next step down main character. But he'll be, yeah, young Wedge will be a big part of Rogue One. If he had a cool helmet, he would be as popular as Boba, Boba Fett. Wedge? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just that he didn't have the wicked awesome Mandalorian armor. No. I, if you give him a Mandalor helmet, it would have been pretty right. It would have been inexplicable as to why a rebel pilot is cruising around with the Mandalorian helmet just on. Just don't explain it. Well, like, like the little girl in um, Rebels. She's rocking spray-painted Mandalorian armor. True. Yeah, like... Yeah. That's weird. I like it. She just spray-paints everything. Okay, we've just passed the two-hour mark. I said we weren't going to go to three, so I'm going to call it. Um, final thoughts slash predictions. Very quickly. Cameron, go. Uh, you've heard all my theories so far. Excellent. We do, probably, don't need, probably don't need any more. No more. Um, it was good. Definitely, at the moment, four favourite. Go. Cool. Bang in the middle. Excellent. Yeah, um, I'll say it again. Um, it didn't. It didn't really rock my world, but you know, I understand that we needed to do a nostalgia piece. Now that that's out of the road, I am really looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Now that we're, now that we've got that, and we're just going to go right. Here's where we're going from here. Let's do this. I'm I'm still keen as hell. Excellent. Um, as always, you can find us at nerdcornerau at gmail dot com. Dis- agree, disagree, love, hate, whatever we do. Rock it back. Um, jump across to our Lord and Masters over at Good Games Hirschville. Our lovely friend Jamie, who I will get you on the show, Jamie, I swear to God, where and when. Check them out on Facebook and on Twitter and support them because they support us. Um, you can tr- get us on the Twitters at NerdCornerAU. You can get me personally at JDizzle1701. It's the usually interchangeable depending on which account I'm logged in from at any given time. Um, jump across to the latest edition of Just Make It Up. Our friend Dave Longo talks to Vic Hampstead at length, about most of the shit we've just talked about, but more articulately, because they're more articulate than we are. I'm going to say articulate again in a sentence. Um, Cameron, where can these kids find you? I'm, I'm sitting on the lounge. Excellent. You, you have the Twitter, but you don't use it much. I don't use the Twitter, I use the Facebook, but... That's fine. My name is really ridiculously hard to find, because <laughs> I'm so damn generic. You are... You're, one of these days I'll get back on the Twitter. I have an account. I, I haven't used it since about three weeks after I activated it about three years ago. Yeah. But so, if you rock us just yeah, through the normal Nerd Corner channels, um, Geek Actually should, in theory, be back by the time this goes out. I know they were sort of sitting back over the Christmas period because, you know, Jamie runs a retail environment. Dave works at the Apple Shop. Yes, no, Dave's at Apple Shop. And the other Dave also works in retail. So, you know, these three boys over the Christmas period, busy as shit. Yeah. Um, so that's about it from us this Ooh. week. Oh, at oh. Elcamo eighty nineteen eighty five. That's where to find me on Twitter. E L C A M O eight five nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. I've got a feeling I'm probably at Toad Rage or something. But You're either uh, Toad Rage or Oztoad, one of the two. Yeah, I'll dig it up and I'll we'll find it. Yeah. All right. Um, bye. Just one more round, friend, then homeward bound, friend, don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend, and then so long, friend, the nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme, friend, yes, it's a crime, friend, but you know time, friend.
can fly. So it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye. Just one more drop, friend, before we stop. One more moment, face to face. Next time you're dry, friend, try stopping by, friend, if there's a light in the place. We may not thrive, friend, but we survive, friend. Look, we're alive, friend, you and I. So say goodnight, friend. <laughs> Good night, but not goodbye. Such a dear friend. You know I'm here, friend. Is that a dear friend? In your eye. Now it's good night, friend. Good night, but not...